Hey folks, it's Brian. I just wanted to put this in at the top here. We are talking about a lot of Christian music today, as as I'm sure you're so excited for that. And uh, I found that putting clips in the episode was just a little too disruptive to the flow of conversation. And it's already a pretty long episode. So we put in a playlist in the description. So go ahead and click on that. You'll find all the songs that we talk about in the order that we talk about them. You know, you could listen to it at the same time as the episode. You could listen to it off and on. You could go back and forth. You know, you could listen to it before the episode or after the episode. You could put it on one device while you put the podcast on another device and you could fire up a third device and and you could play Elden Ring. I mean, the possibilities really are limitless. Anyway, let's get to the episode. So, Rosie, we found out something horrible is happening in your old stomping grounds of Arkansas. Oh, God. Oh, stomping course, grounds. There is a production Giant. of Into the Woods going on okay. that has Hillary Clinton in it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah. I, w- I don't want to pay for that, but I kind of want to see it in some way. Just, just, just like the grotesquerie of the spectacle, you mean? Like, yeah. What if she just came out on stage as the giant and just kind of stood there and said the lines and then walked away? Like, you know, they didn't even do any, like, stage just spectacle. Up, stands center stage and just says, I killed Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> that version. Yeah, that's the one I want to watch. By the way, um, I need to issue a correction. Uh, this is very important for oh, our yeah. listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, last week mm-hmm. on The Worst of All Possible Worlds, we briefly discussed the ecology of the Great Lakes and specifically the way that the Michigan Department of Natural Resources stocked the silver salmon into Lake Michigan to deal with invasive species. Now, at that time... I had mm. said that they stocked the silver salmon to deal with the zebra mussels. That was wrong. I should not have said that. And I f- take full responsibility for this. I take full ownership over it. In reality, the silver salmon was stocked in Lake Michigan to deal with alewives. Horrible, teeny, tiny uh, minnows. Wives. Uh, small, they're just very small wives. Small drunken wives. wives. The smallest wives. Uh, we, you've heard of the many wives of online. We had the cliff wife. We had the elf wife. New wife just dropped. And it's the elf wife. Michigan this, this is brought to my attention in the Trash Future Discord. So thank you uh, to you know everybody who has reached out to me. Please stop sending letters. We're drowning in letters. <laughs> <laughs> We're also drowning on ale wives, but that's neither here nor there. So Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast for alewives and the husbands who love them. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And joining us today is one of my favorite people in the world, Rosie Armstrong of Hans Gruber and the Diehards and Los Curados, a fixture in the ska punk community in Austin. Also yeah. recently of the band Danger Cakes. So watch out for more of that. Hello, Rosie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, just to do a little uh, quick into the woods as we were talking about. Ex- yeah. ex- excited and scared. It's like <laughs> it's like my favorite line from that whole thing because I just relate to it so well, much. Yeah, you have nothing to be scared about because uh, Josh's lycanthropy only kicks in uh, once every month or two. So. Ish. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, we're in good shape. The reason that this episode came together is that uh, we had been kicking around the idea for a little bit of doing something about Christian music. It's something that some of our listeners have uh, wanted to hear about. It's something that was part of their upbringings, as it was of mine and Brian's. And uh, so we figured it would make sense to reach out to a real subject matter expert to sort of walk us through the scene as it existed in the early to mid 1990s and, uh, you know, look through some of the better and some of the worse exemplars of the genre. Absolutely. And from my own life, I remember you and your family, you knew everything. You knew all the 80s stuff that I had no clue about. Absolutely. When we got to the hair metal parts of this playlist, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah, man. I spared you from Striper, just used one of the people associated. I knew, I knew, I knew that it was there, though. Yeah, That's yeah. all that mattered. Yeah. There's nothing quite like a, like a, like a Stacy Jacks kind of figure screaming <laughs> into a microphone about how good abstinence is to really make you reevaluate your life choices. So Rosie made this amazing playlist for us, running us through some of the most notable and less notable, but very worth discussing songs of our early childhoods, basically around there. I'm going to give a little bit of historical background as to what Christian music is and like where it comes from, because it's not the same as like the old hymns of the 19th century, that old time religion. Oh, sure, sure. Give me some. What about the chance? Is that a church? Should we give them a chance? <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing? Oh, no. What is this one? I don't know what. This, this is, is the Catholic monk who invented music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, nice. So Christian music had some popular scene, but it really was in its adjacency to like country music. So country musicians would put out gospel albums. El Elvis had a, a gospel album, things like that. But it was pretty much just old time religion. But then right. once we get to the 1960s, we start to see countercultural movements forming in the music world anyway and bursting onto the scene in Southern California. We have... Larry Norman, who was a big deal. I mean, he was touring with Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. The oh, Doors. really? Oh, I didn't know wow. that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was. Did he go he to was, Woodstock? Uh, like no, he was not at Woodstock because his, con not, not his conversion, but his big epiphany happened before that. So in 1968, he has a near death experience on stage. Oh, God. He was always a Christian and he was always putting sort of Christian themes into his music. Although his, his early bandmates ended up joining Scientology, but he, uh, <laughs> Then, like, really committed to, like, this new kind of Christianity. He said he was baptized in fire. We'll get into more detail. with. Like, we're going to do an episode on Larry Norman at some point. Oh, yeah. I've seen him perform. Yeah. Oh, wow. Tell me about oh, that. Because wow. my mom saw him perform a long time ago. <laughs> when did you see him? Oh, I don't know. It must have. It would have been the early 2000s, but I don't so know like, when. But okay. it, it was Creation Fest. I know. It's great. Oh, boy. Great <laughs> But it was like a big, you would go camping like with your family or whatever. And my family, of course, my entire family went. There was like a cool part of it. Though, but I just remember he was on like the big stage and it was like, oh, he's a big deal because we knew I wish we'd all been ready, which DC Talk covers. And you of guys course. talked about during A Thief in the yep, Night. Yep. That's just like that's kind of the memory. It was more just like, oh, yeah, he like started Christian music. We had to go see him. Was it was it uncomfortable when he performed? 
I don't remember it being. I remember him being okay. sort of funny, like making like he has one song. Oh, interesting. Called like unidentified flying object or something. And there was uh-huh. like a plane and he made a joke about it. But maybe I laughed because my parents thought it was funny. I don't know. You know, he might have been different at the end of his life. But, uh, but early on, he was kind of known for being a huge pain in the ass, <laughs> especially to like churches oh, when he perform at churches mm. like, uh, you know, churches tend to want to have your vocals above your instrument. And he wanted to have his vocals and his instrument the same. And he played a nylon string guitar. So, you know, he really had that that mic turned up. And he said, this is rock and roll, man. And so <laughs> if he could tell that they had gotten his vocals louder, he would look at some poor like church volunteer in the, in the sound booth <laughs> sure. and play his guitar at guitar level and then play it at mouth level. And he'd say, see, it's louder up here. <laughs> we don't want that. This is rock and roll. Come on. Oh, How man. obnoxious. Oh my God. Especially after, after being a musician. <laughs> it just sounds like a really I, cool guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When my mom saw him in the early seventies, he didn't make eye contact with the audience. He like looked sort of off to the, his right the whole time. Well, there were UFOs, Brian. Exactly. And <laughs> instead of uh, a water bottle or like a cup and a pitcher of water, he had a KFC bucket on a stool. And he'd play a song and it was like far away from him. So he'd play a song sitting down. He'd go over, take a drink of water from the bucket, from a literal fried chicken bucket. Here's the thing. That's how he that's how he almost died. Yeah. Like he there was a fried chicken in the bucket while he tried to drink it. That's the story. (laughs) No. What almost killed him was the stage opening up and and almost crushing him. (laughs) And underneath the stage. Chicken. <laughs> yeah, chicken. That's, yeah. I think it was stuff like that is what led him to just have a chicken bucket on stage after right, that. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, he just like wouldn't allow applause or anything like that. Didn't hmm. really talk to people. He never signed things. That was sort of one of the things he was famous for. He's a very, very interesting person, to say the least. So Jesus Music took off. He started his own label called Solid Rock Records. Um in between working professionally, doing like session music for a bunch of other acts, then Randy Stonehill, Debbie Kerner, and Eric Rotino, who are the creators of uh, Salty, Salty the you know, like songbook these, band. these people oh, all yeah. start showing up. Andre Crouch, second chapter of Acts, Terry Talbot, they start to become the Jesus music scene, right? And this is an offshoot of the Jesus movement, which were people who were basically Christian hippies. Yeah, I have. Um, we have one of those like 70s songbook kind of... Jesus movement, hippie songbooks, yeah. There was gospel here, but they are starting to add R&B, folk, country, and rock, right? Which was very controversial at this time. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to be countercultural in both directions, right? They're they're rejecting what is going on in the evangelical church, but they're still evangelical. They're still trying to cast off the shackles of secular America. As Rosie said, Larry Norman's song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready, Uh, was in Thief in the Night. Then something interesting happens. There's a musician named B.J. Thomas. Now, B.J. Thomas... Acronyms, I don't trust him. (laughs) Well, so he was was a secular musician. He was famous for Hooked on a Mm Feelin' and for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Okay. Okay. Great songs. And the music industry chewed him up. I mean, he was... He delved deep into alcoholism and drug abuse. His marriage almost ended. His career was dead in the water. I mean, it probably just would have killed him within a year. But then he had this conversion experience, turned around, saved his marriage, and joined the new Murr Records. And in 1976, released a Christian album called Home Where I Belong. It goes platinum. 
Wow. It's the first Christian album ever to go platinum. I don't know this one. Right. It's it's not a, a solid piece of history. My parents have this record, though. Oh, um, like the vinyl? Yep. And this is when Jesus music becomes CCM, contemporary Christian music. This same year, Amy Grant signs on with Myrrh at the age of 15. Holy shit. And Keith Green also starts up with Sparrow Records in 76. Um, Keith Green is also deserving of his own episode. I told Brian I can do an entire punk ska one. (laughs) Like, you don't think I could. Punk ska, Christian, I I can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, that's all I want. I think we need you and, like, Scott Benson back on to talk about that. would be awesome. There's just one point that I wanted to add about Murr, which I think is really important here. It was a sub-label of Word. Word, mm. we're going to see oh, yes. it in yeah, yeah, yeah. so many of the songs that we are going to be listening to yeah. as part of this episode today. Um, Word was really the first big CCM, like powerhouse label based yeah. out of Nashville. Um, and do you know how Word started, Josh? Well, it was in the beginning. <laughs> was the word. There was the, the word. word. was with God. <laughs> AJ, how did you know I that verse? Your You're Catholic. <laughs> You don't read the Bible. I have read a Bible. <laughs> Catholics don't know what the Bible is. So so Word began in the early 1950s. Now we yep. have this Southern California movement and it's been devoured by Nashville. And it's it's commercial as fuck. You know, oh, Word yeah. was owned by ABC, like that yep. ABC, oh, American Broadcasting Corporation. And then in the later, like in the early 2000s, got acquired by Warner. So like yep. it is straight up like national entertainment and, and, money and all the way down. as you'll see with almost all of these record labels, either they dissolved or they are owned by UMG or Sony or whatever. Right. Um, right. So in 1978, we get CCM Magazine, which becomes the trade paper for the industry, right? It's the billboard of Christian music, even though Billboard also tracks Christian music. Um, <laughs> and this goes through the 80s. And in 1993, some enterprising people in Florida start a channel known as Z Music Television. Yes, in Florida. I didn't know Well, that. it was in Florida for about a year, and then it got bought by actually the, the Gaylord Entertainment Company, <laughs> whatever Gay. they were called. So they own all the, <laughs> the Gaylord hotels, and they own the Ryman. So they're the Grand Ole Opry right. owned okay. yeah. ZTV. I remember yeah. because I had watched so much Z, Z Music Television, or ZTV as we'd call it as kids, yeah. Like we visited Nashville once as a family and we went looking for it. We like went to the Grand Old mm. Opry. We're like, can't wear ZTV. We need to find it, which we could I not find I want my it. ZTV. Yes. I yep. wa- <laughs> <laughs> it was like a whole family mission. Tell us more then about like ZTV and the experience of watching ZTV. What was so interesting about it? How did it get into your home? And uh, what are your key memories associated with that? Oh, gosh. So one of my key memories is that like I grew up in the middle of nowhere not the reservation, but like right next to it. So like checkerboard, which is like a mile squared is freely owned. A mile squared is like native owned land. And so we didn't have whatever it was called, your normal TV, like normal people. We had a big old satellite in the back. Like a, it's still there, like a big dish. And my mm-hmm. dad would just like right. crank it. We'd open the window and he'd just crank it and like steal shit from the skies and be like, can it, you see anything <laughs> on the TV yet? You know, and we'd Wait, be like- Wait, so he was, he was just pirating television oh, yeah. using a radio dish? Absolutely. That is sick. <laughs> My parents are like a a very fun dichotomy, like punk as fuck and very cool. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm confused. Yeah. 
But anyway. They, they really are like true Jesus movement yeah. type people. Right. Yeah, totally. right. yeah, so he would just like do that until it came onto whatever channel. And normally he would like. It's amazing. Everyone, like during March Madness, he would kind of change it, right? Because he wanted to watch the games or whatever. But normally he would just have a station on ZTV and that's all we had. Excellent. <laughs> this is oh, the wow. only TV. And we didn't even have that many VHSs. Like we had a few, like Little Mermaid was recorded that we watched a million mm. times. And like we just, we just didn't watch very much TV. Mostly we played outside, but this is the one thing we had. And I don't think my parents realized, but there was definitely some softcore porn like that we could like, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Rosie, did your parents also uh, record movies off of TV uh, yes. to have on like VHSs? Yeah. Yes. My, uh, my dad was a big proponent of that too, which is, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but how I only saw the color version, uh, color portions of the Wizard of Oz, and not the beginning or the end, uh, because because they missed when it started, and then and to make me not confused about the plot at the end, uh, they stopped it before <laughs> yeah, she went back to Kansas. What? There's a great thing from our tape of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where once they open the Ark of the Covenant up, and everyone's faces starts you know melting and exploding and everything, uh -huh. yeah, it just is like they change the channel and there's a Popeye cartoon playing <laughs> and then occasionally kind of flip back to see if the faces are still melting and then it changes back Excellent. to the Popeye cartoon. Excellent. See, Fantastic. When, my, when my parents, I think were either when we were little or without kids, they'd go down to Zuni and like go to parties and stuff. So they tell us in the 80s and they would just like wow. leave a VHS recording all night TV and then they had all these like recorded that they didn't think we'd look <laughs> look at or like just find. like random tapes yes and so we've watched some really weird movies like okay like the men of uncle which is like a really funny like go-go kind of like right yeah, yeah like weird like we've seen a couple of those episodes and i loved all the go-go dancers i thought they were so cool and then oh, like wow. some well the making of mr right which was like some weird like eight seventies probably sci-fi about like a <laughs> lady who falls in love with like some guy's like robot version of himself and I don't know like all these weird things that like that we just discovered one summer like oh let's, let's watch all these VHS's <laughs> and so you also had a, a bunch of ZTV on tape then correct in fact I, yeah. I, I don't know where it is but yes I still have some and I took some from my parents house because I was like this amazing. is amazing like I, <laughs> Kurt is like really good at the internet like I'm terrible right I'm a Luddite I didn't have TV I didn't have internet until my parents didn't have internet until I was in college like you know, whatever. I was living oh, out in the wow. boonies. Uh, yeah, I checked my email at school in Gallup. This is why she's so good at the bassoon and the saxophone. <laughs> Nothing to do except no distractions. play shit outside. Yeah. These songs are just like ingrained in my memory. Like someone right. will say something wow. and I'll just like bust into song. And I'm like, you don't know that song, Kurt? You don't remember that? You don't remember X and X? We there is no band? safe way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Rosie, I was uh, thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? What do you think might happen in that situation? Yeah. How, how, what, do you think they'd sing praise? And do you think they'd do it like what the rest? Like, like, like the normal like way most that other people, people sing do praise? <laughs> I think maybe then the best way for us to get a feel for what the thing is, is just to sort of start digging into some sure. of these songs. Yeah. 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 So Rosie made us this incredible playlist of just artists that I maybe knew one of. Uh, right. And that was, of course, uh, Amy Grant, right? That's a, Yeah. Baby, yeah. baby. Uh, and you that, didn't of course, know who Dolly Grant. Parton was? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. We also did listen to Dolly. And of there course, Dolly I know Parton, Dolly. But that's like, that's, you know, th that was a great choice, Rosie, because what it looks like, just going off of Wikipedia and other sources, but mostly Wikipedia, uh, Z Music Television 
threw in a lot of regular Nashville kind of stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not just gospel, but even just like secular kind of country. Especially, especially in the gospel and country, which I think is an interesting thing to know. Somehow those two cultures, like, I don't know if they just have more God in the culture. So there's like (laughs) less of like, ah, it needs to be so different, you know, or, or what, but like, yeah, there was a lot of crossover because I remember like their country sort of like our or whatever also had like a cats in the cradle. I don't it might have been a cover, but, oh, you know, yeah, that's yeah. why oh, I knew did that they, song. Have, they had a dedicated country hour. They did. Yeah. Well, and I, oh, and I okay. feel like I feel like CMT kind of did this, does yeah. this stuff, too. Yeah, where sure. It's just like, oh, here's like in the other direction where it's right. like, oh, this song's very Christian. Right. Um, yeah. Don't they like on Sundays? Don't they have like a Christian music like block? I think they oh, might. That's possible. Yeah. So, I know BET so did like for ZTV a long time. is of course like sure. ZTV knows what it's aiming for, but it's also kind of playing with this like we're trying to draw people in, right? right. It's like power team. It's like people want to see regular fun stuff, <laughs> rip, and rip then the uh, phone book. we're gonna th- <laughs> we're 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 gonna bring Jesus to them. Right. And so having Dolly Parton here, this is like this is the old way gospel used to work. Like right. a country musician doing a gospel album is the same as like anybody doing a Christmas album. It was just like a thing you did. And Dolly Parton, of course, is an extremely devout Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, Famously, when she went on SNL, you know, they always have to kind of figure out what each host is going to be okay with. And she just said right from the start, you can make fun of anything. I've made all the jokes before. Just don't make fun of the Lord. Mm. That was it. Sure. Mm. The first song that we have here on this playlist, and if you want to follow along with the playlist at home, we're going to put a link in the comments. Uh, But this is He's Alive. It is a performance, a live performance from the 1989 Country Music Awards. Uh, Additionally, Columbia would release a single, which I think might be this recording. I'm not really sure. I found it on Discogs. I'll I'll have to figure it out. Maybe I'll buy the 45 and have somebody send it to me. (laughs) But either way, um, this is... Uh, this video starts with just fucking Dolly Parton and she's out there and she's singing about the Lord. Right. And uh, doing it the, oh, as only Dolly can. Well, yeah. I, I was very disappointed to find that the song was not about Frankenstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to read a comment that was posted at the bottom of the video uh, for this one. It says no dancers, no light show. You don't need anything else except the singular musical talents of Dolly Parton. <laughs> I mean, there is a light show yeah. and there's yeah. a scrim and, and a full choir. And, and, that's right. <laughs> comes up and all these guys come out. Right. Like, choir reveal still, is pretty it's cool. Still yeah, very, it's very, yeah. very cool. technical and theatrical. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you di- you also, yeah, you didn't need that choir. Dolly Parton no. could have just done oh, that whole yeah. fucking thing herself. It really is just singing about the experience of seeing Jesus die. Then, of course, after that, it's about seeing him come back. And the thing that's so amazing about this video is that it's just Dolly. It's just her singing. She has this incredible ability to tell the story through the dynamics of how she sings, which has always been her incredible talent. Mm -hmm. And then when she really like opens, when she really opens up vocally, like I got goosebumps. It was like, God damn, she's still one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, no, she's transcendent. Two fun asides. I actually just got to see Dolly Parton live. Hell yeah. Which oh, was wow. amazing. Yeah. And like, and, and so it was really fun to kind of like be like, oh, I get, I get to talk about her <laughs> and like talk about this song, <laughs> which, you know, growing up, this was the only song I knew by her. So I guess mm. to oh, maybe wow. sort of answer your oh, wow. question a bit, um, um, Josh, is that, you know, like 
that was part of, I guess, the experience of watching it. And actually, is there's sort of like a stupid but sort of naughty like family story that has to do with this. If we're ready go to go on. down there, are yeah, we ready? We're ready. Okay. Let's hear it. So as we just talked about how amazing she is and like I agree with just how she could storytell so well. Um, so my mom would always tell us like she she likes sort of like naughty like 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 doctor jokes I think because she's a nurse. Yeah. She always yeah. used to tell this story of how she's like oh yeah we would we would we'd be watching Dolly Parton we were watching Dolly Parton and your your brother when he was he was breastfeeding age and when she came on that screen you know he st- he started to get hungry I'm just like, really not. okay yeah. like that was like a family story that we like handed down for like years. Does your mom still lean over to your brother sometimes and be like, you're getting hungry every oh time Dolly Parton appears on camera? <laughs> oh, probably. Oh, she probably would. Yeah. Uh, so oh, tell boy. us more, Rosie, about like why you picked this one. And like you said, this is the only Dolly Parton song that you knew, right? What about it is yeah. so indelible in your memory? Yeah, I think just the way that she sort of told the story like was really captivating. Even when I was mm-hmm. young, even when I didn't have much of an attention span, you know, I just, I, I sort of remember the whole thing. And then I also wanted to like not include only like terrible songs i wanted to put some in mm-hmm. there that were like actually good because there is some right like there is some right. good songwriting yeah. and some like um really yeah. famous people and like and it was so interesting brian like you were saying she's still a devout christian i don't think i like really like had that in my brain because mm-hmm. more recently like she's such an icon of like like the punk community here is like Mm-hmm. Like when we eat the rich, one shall be spared. You know, like yeah, Dolly is too. Yeah. yeah, and so like, and and a gay icon, and all these things, um, in such a secular way that I thought it was so interesting. I just think that's so interesting. And then when I went to see her live, like, yeah, she's like, I just, you know, I love Jesus so much, and Jesus loves you, and He'll get you yeah. through the hard times. You know, and granted, it was from a very like genuine place, and like, it reminds me of this meme that's like, um. Like when I watch Prince of Egypt, all my religious trauma goes away. And like, that was the same. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, she, she embodies so much of what, you know, the actual good teachings of Jesus are, right. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. she's, she's literally caring for the sick. She funded yes. our uh, vaccines our vaccine, for yeah. this pandemic. <laughs> like yes. she really is sort of like living the word truthfully in a way right. that, you know, I think a lot of the other musicians on here seem to be, I don't know, some of them seem cynical to me and then some of them mm. seem pure, oh, but just absolutely. untalented. Yeah. Like it, it's such yeah. a, it's such a yeah. cool grab bag of like right. what it, it, makes up CCM. I think sure. it's also like, it's hard to tell sometimes, and we'll get to this when we get on to some more of these examples. Sometimes it's hard to tell the line between the cynicism of the artist versus the cynicism of the industry behind it. Right. Mm. And yeah. I think what's interesting about this Dolly Parton clip is that it captures a really, really interesting inflection point. This is 1989. This is right as all of this stuff is bubbling under. You know, we have mm. Murr Records mm. is around, Word is around, a lot of these labels are around. The big labels are seeing the potential for Christian music, but it's still pretty small scale. Right. The next videos that we're going to look at really show us what happened when CCM began to become more of a mainstream pop phenomenon and made the crossover. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I want to talk about is Amy Grant, which you, of course, had mentioned, AJ. This is Baby Baby from Heart in Motion, uh, which was released on Murr in 1991. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. 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 It's good
Yep. Even when even in the parody song that was also included in yes. this yeah. playlist. <laughs> oh, I know. It still got me. You, you know, know, sadly, still... that's the one that comes up first in my brain is the Mark Lowry yeah. version, which yeah. is really depressing for me. <laughs> Ooh, so, I have uh, so many questions for you about and that, you can, man. You can see that, that like with Amy Grant, especially at this time that Baby Baby comes out, this is early 90s, right? This is 91. So. Yeah. Right. So like I said, she she started in 76. She was mm-hmm. 15 years old. She was just a few weeks away from turning 16. And her career was meteoric. I mean, like she really just came up. Mer mm-hmm. Records really pushed her. And she she made a huge splash all throughout the 80s. Then she starts to get like actual crossover. Right. And you can see that this video is being directed with that in mind. Absolutely. They're not trying to appeal to the CCM crowd. Right. Yeah. She is Sexy. hip. She's hot. Oh, yeah. my God. The, she's so the, hot. I know. She's so video. hot in this video. She's cosplaying like, as one of the droogs from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> the, the video looks like uh, Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's very polished. It's very well put together. No weirdness, no terrible choreography like you'll see in some of these other videos. Right. It's Oobly. just, man, it just hits. And that song will not get out of your no. head. And and Amy Grant, uh, in terms of like her rise in the 80s, you know, my, my parents uh, were at a Christian college in the 80s. And yeah. they got to witness the rise of Amy Grant, as well as Michael W. Smith, who we're going to talk about in a moment, uh, firsthand. By the point that she, that she got to 91 here, like... It is hard to overstate just how influential she was within Christian circles. Yeah. Like mm. she had basically reached the ceiling that is possible to be reached within Christian circles because she blew up so big in the 80s. And, and she uh, was such a nexus too because people like Michael Smith, M- Michael Smith, Michael W. Smith <laughs> and Dubs, Rich Mullins. Uh, <laughs> because because Mike and Dick, uh, you know, they were writing songs for her. A lot of these right. big artists started out like working for her or as a musician with her and then opening for her and then going on and having their own massive solo success. That's the story for many people on this list. Mm. And Baby Baby specifically got so popular that it basically couldn't be ignored. It started playing all over the place and MTV started airing it because it was already a hit. I didn't know that. And it even got a VMA nomination. Wow. And it also uh, was a Billboard number one. So all I know is that the local radio station in San Diego, California, Kixie 96.5, soft rock that my mom would exclusively <laughs> listen to <laughs> on every drive to everywhere we went, played Baby Baby, I think, once every hour, at least once every yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you never complained because it's a bop, man. This video is, first of all, very horny, actually. Yeah. Like, not in a not in an yeah. aggressively sexual way, but this is not just about platonic love. This is right. about two people who are horny for each other, yeah. right? And, yeah. and it's and it's very obviously not about Jesus. There's no, no yeah. like, no. no, I actually mean Jesus here. Not not at all. No. no. Um, and, and, and the, the way they react to the meme at the beginning, uh, the checking out the girl walking down the street. <laughs> meme. Oh, they do. Like, that's like within the first shot of the thing you're like I mean and it's uh, lots of quick cuts between different scenes of Amy and her boyfriend who by the way very controversially was played by an actor and not her at the time real life husband Gary Chapman, Gary Chapman. who she got a divorce oh. with and it was, was a was big in 1999 yeah. I remember this um, who is a descendant of Johnny Appleseed himself John <laughs> Chapman <laughs> 
Probably. Gonna, well, so yeah. Oh my so God. Gary Chapman was was a big enough name in yeah, CCM. He was. I thought yeah. about uh, in his own right. I forget who did she marry. She married Vince someone Gill. else the next year. Who was Vince Gill? It was Vince right, Gill guy. But she only married him a year later, which was also this huge they controversy. Were, well, and that was that was the other thing After too. Ten was, years of Amy Grant being too sexy. Right. She's just so sexy. Right. With all her clothes on. <laughs> it's causing our brothers in Christ to stumble. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that like again with this video. The the Mark Lowry version is the one that lives in my memory more strongly. Yes. <laughs> so like I know yeah. the song and I was trying to think I like we need Amy Grant in there and I'm trying to think mm. what was the oh the one that's more in my memory is uh, Paid Paradise and put up a parking lot which is a cover but I remember yeah, that yeah. music video very well but I was like well I should do an original and like Kurt which one should, uh, you know I kind of threw it to Kurt and he's like well baby baby of course because he like right. he he like had like the lesser intense level of CCM where he like likes to listen to Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant Christmas, you know, like every Christmas right, and yeah. that's about it. This video isn't even as like ingrained in my memory, but it was like, oh, this is the really famous song. Like, I gotta do this right. one. And then when I watched it again, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. I mean, this is but fun. Do, w- w- did they show Baby Baby on ZTV? I would imagine yeah. not, right? I think oh, they, they did. did. I think they oh, did. It was familiar. Okay. Once I played okay. it, I was like, oh yeah. And, and because again, they were trying to show stuff that was getting play right. on the mainstream right. channels yeah. as well. So yeah, Mark Lowry did to you what Weird Al did to so many exactly. of us. Right. His version just supplanted the main yeah. one in your head. So let, let's talk a little bit about Baby, Why Not Me? Yeah. Which takes its lyrics from the Song of Solomon? Correct. Yeah, I'd actually, I'd be curious to hear for this one, AJ. Um, yeah. This mm. seems like one that is tailor-made to destroy you. Uh, yeah. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Um, I've never seen somebody be like, okay, so this joke isn't working. What if we did every joke? At once. <laughs> There's a bit where they parody a Bob Dylan music video mm-hmm. for oh, some reason. Yeah, the um, subterranean homesick blues with the cards. Like, I think Weird Al is a genius in that Absolutely. he is somehow able to take the repetitive nature of pop music and turn it into a comedy song and somehow mm-hmm. find a way to escalate it at every single uh, yes. chorus break, which is something mm. that most pop music, and it's also why, you know, getting on my soapbox for musical theater, it's why jukebox musicals have such a hard time working, is mm-hmm. because the structure of a pop song makes it so there's no build to it and musical theater songs have to build to be effective what sucks about this one is that he seems to have taken one passage from song of solomon and not gone to any of the other yeah not Mm. passages breasts Mm -hmm. like deer or whatever yeah yeah Um, it's just he focused on the nose like towers because he can't get over the fact that that's like the funniest thing in the world to him and it just it doesn't (laughs) it's not it's just not funny just to take a quick step back here then mark lowry could be considered i guess the christian weird al Uh, yeah well it it's a, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, yeah, he does have a few parody songs. Like, uh, for instance, he did Living for Deep Fried Okra. Oh, I didn't know that one. <laughs> Lowry's a he's a comedian. You know, yeah. he, he that that's his thing. So there's some parody songs, but he's also a singer. He started with Bill Gaither. Bill Gaither is a big name uh, okay. in, in the gospel music scene. Uh, if you watch The Righteous Gemstones, Jesse Gemstone, his his style is just Bill Gaither. Yep. Yeah, we used to have a Mark Lowry VHS that was like the comedy oh, VHS okay. we would watch. Yep. Was this on it? I don't, it the might song? have been. It might have been, yeah. It also was on yeah. ZTV though. 
Um, But it was like his whole comedy bit. And then he would sing like a serious song, which I believe he wrote, which is Mary, Did You Know? He wrote Mary, Did You Know? (laughs) Holy shit. Okay. Very famous Christmas song. Yeah, of course you do. You're a fucking Catholic. (laughs) Mary, did you know? This is about Mary. Yes, she did. That was the point, is that the Uh, angel told Uh, her. This is is my soapbox. I think people are very unfair to this song. It's a good I think song. It's, to Mary, did I you know or to, or to Baby, Why yeah, Not Me? Yeah, to Mary, did you know? Okay. I think that no, people Baby, Why Not no, Me. No, Brian not, is a staunch defender. Baby, Why Not Me is what it is. I don't. I never liked Mark Lowry for his his song parodies. I liked him for his jokes about denominations. Got it. You know, he grew up IFB, Independent Fundamentalist Baptist. Ooh, that's me. Right? Read the King James Version Was. only in church, you know, no long hair on men, things like that. He always made riffs on those kinds of jokes because Bill Gaither is a Pentecostal. You know, he'll make jokes where Bill Gaither is about to say something mean. He says, don't say it because you'll lose your salvation. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm Baptist. I can say whatever I want. I'm already saved. Terrifying. <laughs> uh, people people shit on Mary, did you know? And they're like, oh, it's misogynistic. But it's like also Mary was like a 14-year-old child. Sure. Of course right. she didn't fucking know. Like. <laughs> He asked very specific questions like, did you know he'd walk on water? And everyone's like, yeah, of course she knew. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. How could she have known? No one told her no. that. Right. No, that's true. I guess I guess I only remember the chorus of that song. So really I, I think, I think you know, people who hate the venue, which is fair, yeah. also like go after everything that they dislike. But I, I say Mark Lowry's a sweet boy. He's he he seems he's a gentle. He just wants people to smile. Yeah, he's very okay. against fine, fundamentalism. Fine, but we need to talk about how bad baby. This song sucks. This sucks. song's really fucking. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so I have to like really step back and be like, does it? Because it's so it's so in my brain that I like don't even know how to like come back from it. Does that make sense? So I yeah. guess to, to yeah. give you context of my experience right. is that, and also like. I, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music for a long time unless it was oldies, which, you know, is like a weird rule. But um, yep. oh, yeah, as my yeah. parents had like the Beatles and you know, Santana right. and whatever. But like even the Beatles were OK. That's really funny. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. In the moment of my life where like I had more openness to listen to other things, like there's a few hits from the 90s, like on the bus that I got to listen mm-hmm. to until one of my brothers was like, uh, we're not allowed to listen to that to the bus driver. A- anything you got from someone's hit clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like CD, yeah, Annette's mix CDs. But yes. like other... I was about to say this probably all came from my sister. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. MTV was like very exciting for me to watch in like eleventh grade when I'd come over in the mornings before mm. religion <laughs> class. But but like I didn't get to fill my head with any of this stuff until like college really or like I didn't start to and then you know four years I was busy in college basically that just turned into like now it's just where ska punk lives like I don't know sure. anything else oh, aside sure. from like <laughs> CCM and ska punk like so when you make references I might not get them like this is where my yeah. brain lives it's kind Cause, of cause with, 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 with baby but, why not me the joke ultimately is in song of solomon there are a lot of awkward metaphors right. for beauty Right. And yes. our hero character, Mark Lowry, <laughs> is a, a typical awkward guy who is like, well, if it worked for Solomon, because he had all of those wives, why could yep. I not also use these metaphors? Right. And like you said, AJ, he just it, gets his dad to play Solomon, I think. And yeah. he's just like, look at all the women my dad has fucked. I and will say, though, just a little <laughs> wink to the camera. The shirts, very uncomfortable. The shirts, his shirt game is fucking on point in this video. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. on point. Like that, yeah. like, yes. gecko, the shirt with like all the gecko. It looked like geckos or something. And, and at first, cool. they, they've done a very good job. 
like really recreating the music video for baby, baby, baby. baby. Yeah, especially yes. the opening before it kind of goes into something else. They should have. It should. And then recreates every music video ever. Uh, I think. Yeah, that. I think they should have put Mark Lowry in that hat. Honestly, well, a much yeah. be- yes, a much better version of this video would basically be doing what Weird Al did with uh, Michael Jackson, which is a shot-for-shot remake right. of the original video with jokes. Yeah, that right. would yeah. be funny. Uh, this unfortunately is not. Oh well. You know, which might be <laughs> yeah. what he does with I Can Eat It All. I And then mm. I'm remembering the other one, mm. which was my face in this world instead of my place in this world. And he gets yeah. Michael W. Smith. He's like, like Michael, M- Mark Lowry's like in a surgery place. And then he uh, he comes out with Michael W. Smith's face because he's my prettier. Face? Wait, my face in this world, not Whoa. my place. Can Correct. you say that? Are you allowed to say that? My, my face <laughs> in this world? That That's... I don't know. I don't know if you're. I think to Mark say Lowry that. has has spent his life kind of walking along a very thin line sure. of of be of you know poking fun at so many things while trying to be as inoffensive as yeah. possible. Right. And to to note, j- just note that he is in his sixties now <laughs> mm. and has been single all of his life. Oh, you know what that means. I mean, we all know what that means, right? Sure. He's basically trying to do a sort of Liberace type career where he's playing to a lot of conservative old women. And that's that's his life. There's there's something there's something very interesting that like at least uh, the, the praise that I will give this song is that he makes himself the butt of the joke sure do you know what i mean like a lot of like christian comedy has a way of like really punching down Mm. and this one it's not it's not the babylon b yeah no (laughs) it's not this one it's punching horizontal i guess into his face (laughs) right Uh, yeah it's just a goofy guy right yeah no it's just it's it's just i you know i I feel like i was a little bit harsh on quentin tarantino a little bit earlier but like he's doing his best You know, he's he doing his best. Like Tarantino. So um, the the oh, did you have another thing about Mark Lowry specifically, Brian? Oh, well, or? he's he's also just very he he knows social media. He has a very oh. big presence on Facebook, Instagram, all these things. Hmm. Apparently, when COVID started, he streamed every single day, sort of like David Lynch does. What did he give but weather reports? I, I don't know if he still. Did. I don't I don't know what he did. I just saw that that was something that he hmm. had been doing. Nice. I didn't watch any of this. Come streams. on the pod, Mark. Let's go ahead then and move on to like again, Amy Grant was a cultural reset, obviously. Uh, And the other half of that cultural reset was her homeboy, Michael W. Smith. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael W. Smith, a guy from a very fucking small town in the northwestern corner of West Virginia, had, again, a very similar rise where his first album was, I think, called The Michael W. Smith Project, yeah. Uh, I prefer the Alan Parsons project and, personally. And, but. and before that, yeah, he had written for Amy Grant, like we said. He also yep. wrote for Bill Gaither. Oh, okay. uh, so he um, he was not just in the pop world, but also in the gospel world okay. a little bit. And also, much like Alan Parsons, actually uh, had quite a bit of skill both as a uh, producer and as a musician. Right? Yeah. He sort of like mm-hmm. did both sides and uh, rose pretty quickly to some prominence within the Christian contemporary yeah. music world in 1990. Yeah, he released the song Place in This World, right, which we just right. mentioned with Mark Lowry's gotcha. parody. That song hit number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Really? So in 92, Michael W. Smith released the album Change Your World. And this was a major mm. label release. This was on Reunion slash Geffen. And if you don't know mm. Geffen, it is one of the biggest labels. Um, yeah, familiar period. with the Playhouse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, same guy. Yeah, I'm um, sure. After Change Your World came out, Michael W. Smith immediately embarked on a tour to promote that album. And the yeah. next video in this playlist is mm. a performance from that tour. This is the this is the Change Your World tour. Oh. This was recorded in 1993, and it is Michael W. Smith performing Cross of Gold. I chose it because 
obviously it lives in my brain, but I just like listen to it now and I just think it's still a total banger. Like even if even <laughs> yes. if the lyrics are sort of like ridiculous and but they those lived in my brain for a long time too. Like yeah. looking at people. I love this live performance and that's yes. one of the reasons I chose it again it, because it lives in my brain. But again, like I've come back to this one as like like sometimes like in the mornings on Saturday, we'll just like watch music videos and like because that's what we do, like me and my husband. But like all of these terrible songs are ones that I've probably showed Kurt despite <laughs> what he wants to hear because I'm like, you I don't, don't think this song is terrible. Exactly. I don't think this song I, is terrible. I'm a, I'm a longtime hater. I uh, fucking can't Michael stand Lewis. Michael W. No, Smith. It's like a ska show. Like it is so hype. There's so much energy. Most of his crossover yeah. stuff that became like big pop hits was playing on adult contemporary, right? It was Delilah at night playing the new Michael W. Smith song. Sure. And and talking to you about, you know, sometimes you just want to go to your loved ones and you want to <laughs> hold them real close. Here's my place in this world. Right. And, you know, she fires it up. But this is like Josh has this performance of uh, Elton John that he always loves to show me. Uh-huh. He's shown it to me five times. Yeah, but it's so um, fucking good. I have to show because it to you. It's so good. He's, well, he's um, like that's me with this video, I think, for other yeah. people. Elton John in the video is like 50% cocaine Yes, and he's doing Saturday Night and like Michael W. Smith in this video is doing the same thing, yes. probably with just as much cocaine. Like, Almost it is life. fucking crazy. It is so good. It's so good. I was on fire yes. for the Lord. Like his shirt. Like it's yes. like I oh have my it. God. Yes. He's got this like checkered jacket yes. situation going on. He's wearing like five cross necklaces of different sizes. <laughs> he's so different sexy. Lengths. He's All the so, cross necklaces oh, are yeah. okay. Smooching. Yeah. So I, uh, oh. I I have a, a group chat with uh, some friends from high school, and uh, many of them also uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Yay. Hi, friends from high school. This is a shout out for Yay. you. Um, I was like, look, we're gonna be doing this episode about CCM, and I have to show you guys this clip of Michael W. Smith so in 1993 because this shit is fucking lit. Yes. Like it's yeah. amazing. And um, one of my friends said, is Michael W. Smith extremely hot or have I just not had sex in two weeks? And I was like, no, no, no he's like, hot. He's hot. Yeah. Like, like this guy goes from being like, I don't know, the fucking George Michael of Christian yeah. rock yeah. to becoming it's Michael McDonald. And then uh, after mm-hmm, that becoming, mm-hmm. I only sing worship music. Only oh, his exclusively. Last, like, one of his last big concerts was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 concert. And I showed you some of those just clips, awful. right, Brian? Like, yes. dog shit. Um, it's just him and a fucking grand piano. Sometimes and, like, they need shit. cocaine, you know? Yes. Sometimes <laughs> it just, but, like, it's a just, hell of a just, drug. Just to frame up some of the other stuff that's going on here, other than yeah. Michael W. Smith with Horns. more energy than... By the way, he was 35 <laughs> yes. at this point, what? and he still yeah. had that much energy. This gives Daddy. me so much hope. This makes me feel better about my career career i'm not gonna lie this is what i'm saying but like, yeah we've got we've got the fucking... i don't think he has the energy that that you and kurt have on stage <laughs> that, that, i've been to one of your shows i was t- blown away take oh, the energy cool. you take you can take the energy level and put it in a different direction from the direction he's taking it here sure. which is you know yeah. he's running around on stage there's a fucking like brass line yes. over in the corner so that looks good. like the guys from oingo boingo yes. you've fucking got rules not one but two dedicated tambourine guys yes, i love the tambourine yeah. guy he's just like he's I like to imagine they fight. Yeah. And if you if you have a touring worship band, you always have to have a tambourine guy. So he's really hedging his bets. He's making sure there's always going to be a tambourine right. on stage. Just in case a tambourine one, guy on stage, right. just in case one gets and, sick. Yeah, and it was so good seeing Daniel Day Lewis on the keys. <laughs> I think it was his most method performance yet. Long billowing hair, shirt buttoned down three buttons, oh, and yes. there's like a wind machine going. Absolutely. It, it rules. You know, the song kind of reminds me, it kind of sounds like it was too intense for Phantom of the Opera, and then like had to be repurposed. 
<laughs> one thing about the song too, it's in 12-4 time. You don't hear many songs in 12-4 uh, what? time. What? I did not wow. even think wow. about that. Go now, back and listen to it again. I haven't figured out the perfect tweet, but I'm still like cu- trying to think of it in my brain to be like, how do I like basically say that this is like ska, like in a tweet? Yeah. Like, uh, mm. you know, it's a thing. <laughs> it's reformed ska. It's like, it's it's so, it, I, I, I see what you mean though, Rosie. Like it's so energetic that I feel myself yeah. getting energetic mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Like it's- yeah. Really, uh, something. Uh, the way this uh, playlist was curated is that you really did give us like oases in the desert yes. to like cling on to. <laughs> and it was it wasn't all bad for me. And I look back and I'm like, yeah. I still kind of like that. Like I don't want right. to hate on everything. So anyway, keep going. Yeah, and this this was this the order that this came in uh, chronologically. It was it was right. It was like a one two with Dolly Parton. So it was just like whoa whoa. We can't get any better than this. And then the next song after that was Ain't No Safe Way. Oh, and I yes, went oh yes. What's the best oh, intro? We're back. Best oh, intro. We will we will get there we in a little get there. bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, howdy, oh, yeah. that was a good one. Are we a good one? I mean a bad one. I don't think so, we'll get all the way I, I loved, there. Oh, I did love the part two when he had his mic stand just like hoisted over, over his yes. shoulder. Yes. Like yeah. a cross of gold, uh, uh, if you no, will. No, it was just over one shoulder, so it looked like a giant like um, oh, yeah, buster sword <laughs> yes. from Final yes. Fantasy that was, VII. That was, that was fucking like, cool. Uh, just and then stop listening keys. to us talking about it and go watch yeah, it yeah. right now, listeners. Yeah. It's really, it's really truly that good. Yeah, I felt more Christian after watching it. <laughs> so if Michael W. Smith and like this sort of situation here really represents the excess, but also I think the excitement of yeah. CCM sort of breaking through to the mainstream and what you can do when you've got real talent right. and all of the money just like turbocharging the thing. Yeah. The next artist that we're going to talk about is somebody who represents the absolute opposite of that approach in every single yeah. conceivable yeah. way. Okay. And this is a man named Rich Mullins. The the short of it is that Rich Mullins lived in our area. He was cut from a similar cloth as as Larry Norman, right? He was this mm. countercultural right. guy who was really earnestly trying to explore what faith actually is and mm. what it can be. Yeah. Um he had been writing songs in the late 70s and really got his claim to fame when Amy Grant performed Sing Your Praise to the Lord oh, in yeah. 1981. Uh-huh. Now, was okay. he from the Southwest originally? Because obviously that's where he would later end up settling. No, he's right. from Indiana. Indiana, yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after a while in the industry, yeah, he got fed up. He, he also throughout, like, refused to take, like, he only took a teacher's salary. Right. The rest of that money did not. He never even saw it. I think he with all of his album right, sales, all his album sales, even to this day. Yeah. In his death, I think like everything goes to I don't know what charities, but it goes to charities. So he mm. and Mitch McVicker moved to Sabanito, New Mexico, which is on the reservation. Yeah. Like straight very, out. very small place. And he started teaching music. And I think he started teaching music at Hilltop Christian there uh, in Sabanito. Did he? OK, yeah. That was but like I'm, the I'm sister not, school of ours, sort of. Sort of, yeah. I, I don't really know anything about it. So, yeah, he and Mitch McVicker moved out there and, and literally lived in a hogan together. Which is like the traditional Navajo or Diné way of building, which is like an eight-sided one-room yeah. house with a door to the east and, you know, like a wood wood, wood fireplace in the middle. And that's it. Wow. So, my two stories, I I, yeah. I know the person who owns his his hogan, what was his hogan. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Pastor Roger. <laughs> When he um, left doing youth pastor stuff, he he was a pastor at Native Bible Fellowship, which was a tiny little, okay. um, mostly like predominantly Navajo attended church, like on so it is in Gallup somewhere. But I guess somehow he inherited <laughs> Rich Mullins Hogan. Huh. So I've been in it. This guy was my youth pastor. 
But before he was my youth pastor, he worked out on the reservation in like, <clears throat> I think a place called Hard Ground. I think that's maybe how he knew Rich Mullins. Okay. I'm not totally sure. But basically, Rich Mullins got in a car wreck right. when we were young, um, died. And then eventually the Hogan yeah, got, 1997. got gifted to this guy because, um, well, I don't know why, but he ended up putting it on a property out Ooh. kind of where I, near where I live, where the Mustang is. Bread Springs. Oh, okay. So he moved the house? He moved the Hogan huh. and it's basically he has like a little camp there that he does little retreats for people and I guess huh. the Hogan can be used. Interesting. Oh, wow. My bigger memory of Rich Mullins was he came down to Zuni CRC which um, so there was a Christian Reformed Church in Zuni which I like spent a lot of time on the Navajo Reservation but also in Zuni because my parents lived in Zuni for like 10 years and then like lived just north of there but we went down there a lot and I remember just seeing him perform live and that was like not very long before he passed. So I remember like yeah. just I just that's why I think I remember it so well is because like he got in the car wreck so soon after that. And so it was like, oh, we got to see him. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So. It's eerie. And, and he and um, he does seem to be like such a singular talent, too. And that really yes. comes yeah. across in this song that we listen to Brothers Keeper. Yeah. Uh, which mm. is a song where he sings about how shitty all of his friends are. Um, <laughs> Talks about fake friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of this was shot out at one of the cliff dwellings. Probably yeah. some of it out at Sabanito. Some of it looks like Red Rock State Park. Park. It might be. It looks Gallup area, but it's yeah. definitely Red Rocks. Definitely like the Southwest um, yeah. Navajo Reservation area. One of his like quotes had something to do with like, well, if people in Nashville say that these quote Indians, I'm saying in quote, but like if these Indians quote are pagan and this is how like Nashville acts and they're supposed to be Christian, then I'll take the pagans. Right. Like that's yep. literally like some some kind something to that effect. And I think wow. it was I don't know. It's interesting. And I think he's like a, a really cool person and, and genuine to whatever to what this belief yeah. is or what, what the teachings of Jesus are. <laughs> a very humanistic approach to Christianity, right? It's yes, this idea absolutely. that, I mean, the song, the song pretty much sums it up. It, the, the song right. lyrically yeah. is about like, the idea here is for me to be my brother's keeper. I'm not here to like judge people. I'm not here to right. tell, point out where they're wrong. I'm here to help them in whatever way I can. And uh, right. that's what I want to do. He, he really had an affection for the Southwest. He wrote about it in a lot of his songs. Mm -hmm. Rosie and I know people who have come out to where we lived specifically because of Rich Mullins. Spent a lot of time out there because of Rich Mullins. You know, there's this whole idea of like the ragamuffin gospel. And right. Mullins kept to that to some degree. I think even that gets sort of commodified. Yeah. You know, it's like a brand, the ragamuffin yeah. gospel. The way they cashed in on it as a brand, much of that came after his oh, death. Sure. Uh, what is the ragamuffin yeah. gospel? Well, it was written by this um, former Catholic priest who then stepped away from the priesthood. Okay. Uh, and and wrote this book about sort of counter, not necessarily countercultural Christianity, but like a Christianity that is different from the the Christian norms that you see today. But what it boils down to is again, it's the same thing that Larry Norman was was working with, where it's just like a, a true, honest reckoning with whatever your faith and your relationship to even the concept of sin and biblical right. ideas means to you. Rich Mullins seems to have similarly to Larry Norman been a rather self-destructive person in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of descriptions of him in that last year before he died where it kind of sounded like he was going to die of something anyway. Like mm. he 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 had lost a lot of weight rapidly. Mm. He, he was just not looking very good. Um, a lot of questions as to why that is or what his relationships to certain people may have been and will probably never, ever come out. But um, I think he 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 worked really hard to live authentically, which is not what you see for a lot of this. And, and the Nashville establishment 
one of the big execs, I forget who it was, said, you know, he's he has one good song. Right. And in his opinion, the one good song was Awesome God, which oh is not a good song. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, oh, no. which, that is such a fucking smooth brain take. I can't even begin to describe it. Yeah. I mean, I know. The, one, the one we're listening to here, obviously, Brothers Keeper is a beautiful song, but there's so many yeah. other good ones, too. And also the way that he uh, played instruments, particularly the hammer dulcimer, which is probably yeah. the instrument he's most associated with, is gorgeous. Yeah. He played it with spoons. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, what I thought was very interesting is that um, in the context of this playlist, since I had never been exposed to Rich Mullins stuff, I think, before uh, listening to it for and, the first and time And we today, will also do an episode on Rich Mullins at some point. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's very much worth like digging into, but I was very nervous at the top because it did show uh, the native people at the top of the sh- of the thing. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Um, you're like, oh, and God. Every other yeah, music what's this video, guy going to do? Yeah, every single music video <laughs> kind of up until this point uh, had been very, let's say, appropriative of yeah. Cultures, right. so I was yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. oh God, like, oh no!" Yeah. And it turned out to be fine, <laughs> yeah. thankfully. Yeah. It's but just like here are just, some people. Yeah, it's just, just hanging it's just out, beautiful pictures right. of people and and, 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 and just yeah. like a pretty, pretty good message. I think ultimately for this song, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's not what you see in other Christian music. It's right. like it's it's really like you need to look out for other. Like you actively need to work with other people and and to make their lives better something that like sort of watching it later that came up in my brain too was like the line i won't take away his freedom like i'll be my brother and Mm -hmm. i think that's so telling like that's so against like doctrine of discovery Mm -hmm. and colonialism and all these things which like white evangelicalism is really based on you know so i think it was kind of cool that i don't know if that was the intent but it kind of feels like a little bit like a subtle A subtle thing to yeah. to say, which I think is good. Subtlety is a thing that is gonna <laughs> that Mark Lowry uh, has be thrown down. against the wall because uh, <laughs> when we come back from our break, we're gonna talk about CCM as a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! What's cranking, podcast listeners? It's me, Drive Shaft Persimmon, lead singer of Seven Loaves and Two Fishes, guitarist for Pillars of Salt, and lead tambourine guy for Mary Was Only 13. Jailbait. Is your mass putting kids to sleep? Want to spice up your homily with a little rock? Do you love Jesus so much you could belt? Well, get ready to frankincense your myrrh. He's alive! With some contemporary Catholic rock! You've heard of contemporary Christian rock, but now listen to rock that adheres to a strict hierarchy of power. Blow out the speakers in your gross church basement with such hits as a message about self-pleasure in regards to young teens. Hey, if you're thinking about touching yourself, don't. Yabba zabba, that's informative and educational. Teacher's pet. Or pour yourself a hearty glass of poop milk and blare the face-melting classic, The Importance of Shame in the Development of Young Teens. Hey, if you start to feel good about yourself, don't. Yeah! You're in the Vatican, baby! Or if you're feeling truly radical, you could throw on Jesus is with you always. Hey, if you find yourself looking into a mirror and feeling like the person staring back is a stranger, 
Just remember that Jesus is always behind you. I mean, he's literally right behind you. So when you turn around, you are face to face with Christ. And he looks you deep in the eyes and says, Hey man, the cops are going to show up pretty soon and ask some questions about where I've been. So it's very important for you to say that this afternoon from three to five, I was carrying you on the beach, which is why there's only one set of footprints on the beach. And you will say, okay, Jesus, that sounds good. And there will be that moment of tension between you two. And you will look into the Savior's eyes and wonder if this is the day you will make your move. And then Jesus will say, well, it's getting late. And you'll say, yeah, it probably is. Then you'll hug and inhale his scent and he will vanish into the night. And if you sit on the toilet afterwards trying to breathe, and you get the urge to touch yourself, don't. Yo, mama, my nippies are wet! So listen to the music that you can call Peter because it's the rock to build your church on! Contemporary Catholic rock! Give music a chance! That one works better on paper, baby! Yeah! I'll just read the text of what is on this page. Eternalize your prayers to the Lord. Eternal prayer is a Christian service that will commemorate your prayers for all of eternity on the blockchain. Yes, let's the fucking fun. go, We dude. also, oh, yes. complimentary as part of our service, mint a unique yes. NFT yes. for oh, your prayer yes. that yes. you can keep yes. forever. Yes. Click yes. pray now. Oh my God, yes. Jesus that, Christ. That, Jesus Christ, literally. I I'm love making that. NFTs of my sins. That way they can't <laughs> be forgiven. My sins are non-fungible. <laughs> <laughs> the blood of Christ has funged my sins. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what is the blood of Christ other than the ultimate funger? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We, we've sort of now talked about some of the delights of Christian contemporary music. Um, Garden of Earthly Delights. Now in our second half, we're going to talk about some of the horrors. Mm. And um, what and better place to start than... Man-made horrors beyond my comprehension. Uh, with everybody's favorite Italian... Uh, Christian New Jersey sensation. Carman. Carman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just pronounced Carmen. It's, it's actually just, Carman. it looks like Carman, but oh, it's Carmen. Too bad. It, is, it is spelled. I'm a little yeah. disappointed. He's not a man who loves cars. I mean, he might it's like, be. Yeah, my, but, it's like my name is not Alford. It's just Alfred. Right. But, so these um, demons are invading this town. Oh, oh it's so yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. This is Satan yeah. Bite the Dust. This is off of uh, Addicted <gasps> to Jesus, which is an oh, album yeah. that was so nice they released it twice. Uh, you, the first- you, you might as well face it. You're addicted to Jesus. <laughs> AJ. Hi. Mm. I was Hello. really excited about the next couple videos for AJ, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Like when if we rolled you through the MRI as you were watching this video... What parts of your brain started firing off when this thing kicked <laughs> in? Uh, I think, I think, 
a lot of racism red flags mm. uh, flew high into the <laughs> air uh, pretty quickly. You know what it felt like? It felt like if Sam Raimi had suffered a severe head wound <laughs> and then was just handed a hateful script. Yeah, see, that was right. that was my vibe, ex- my, my opinion on it as well, except I think for me, I would have said it was like it was George Lucas. Um, was there, interesting. Was, yeah, that's a musically good. Mm. numerous references to Indiana Jones, um, true. and oh, the yeah. whole thing and Hanna Barbera. But the whole thing just kind of has that vibe of like he saw uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones and wanted to do something with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's and, also and Back like, to the Future Three. Like yeah. he hasn't actually <laughs> right. seen. Like a fistful of dollars or anything like that, but he saw Back to the Future right. 3. Well, it also, it, there's so and many he's hats. Heard of Clint Eastwood. AJ, at what point in the video did you realize he was never going to start singing? <laughs> he does sing a little Very bit. Very briefly. Very briefly. Yeah, a couple notes. Yeah, and you know what? It's not, he doesn't have a terrible voice. No, he does, I was no, surprised he really doesn't. by. Yeah. He I can thought, apparently dance too, or could. He's, he's passed, but. Um, yeah, um, well, at least he's in hell now. I think <laughs> this music video is a crime, but it's also, it's it feels like talking to a seven-year-old because it's like, and then the lightning gun, and then the yeah. lightning gun can shoot this demon, but the demon is also has the voice of a black man. And then also there's another demon <laughs> who sounds like a Jewish person. Yeah. And this, uh, is, this, yeah. is, this is what every episode of Bible Man feels Ooh, like. I've never mm-hmm. seen that. Um, they, they took... The, they took one of the kids from eight is enough and they gave him a lightsaber. Yep. <laughs> That's what Bible man is. Oh so the thing about Carmen too, just, just for sort of a little bit of added context here. I have seen him perform one. That's what's okay. up. Oh, wow. yes. Um, I, like I, I he, say like that rising I'm, stage, it was very exciting. Anyway, I mean, all of his videos are big productions. I think yeah. he is the closest thing that Christian music videos had to Michael Jackson in that right. every yeah. one of his releases also came with a major narrative-driven music video attached to it, and this is no exception. Sure. The only the only person who came close was uh, was Ray Bolts, which we'll get oh, to. Right, but, uh, right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but, but it's, it's great because Carmen doesn't like his his music is like. At its most generous, you can compare it to a boy named Sue. Yeah. You know, like Johnny Cash, old ballad kind of stuff. Sure. But like, it's basically just Weird Al's Albuquerque. Yeah. It's the music starts and he's just talking. There's no, it's not rapping. Right. Every once in a while, there's a sung note. AJ, this is so far from the worst we could show you of Carmen. We could have done Witch's Invitation. Um, The witch is like, by the way, we're turning all sorts of kids to Satan. Right. And Carmen's like, nah, yeah. I have Jesus. And which you you see in this one too. He's like, We're the new Christians of today. We right. actively believe in demons and mm-hmm. we're gonna shoot them with guns. Right. Yes. Um, and in this this sort of like take on evangelical Christianity, this like early nineties spiritual warfare stuff is something that we have talked about on the show before yeah. as well, with our Frank Peretti episodes and some of yeah. the stuff okay. about Adventures and Odyssey deals with this a little bit, but not quite as explicitly. It's yeah. this idea that there are actual demons out there like metaphysical beings of flesh and blood, even if we can't see them, that Mm -hmm. are um, doing things that are causing things like, as Carmen lists in the video, alcoholism, Mm -hmm. infirmity, Mm -hmm. um, something about idolatrous ways or some shit. False religion. The demons are false religion. That was the most, to me, that was the most like, ooh, ooh. But it's great that like Carmen is able to go out and shoot the devil like that's cool (laughs) yeah but the devil doesn't die like all the other demons like evaporate Mm. into air when shot with his lightning gun right but (laughs) satan himself is just kind of like 
oh, I've been laying low. And then right. he just kind of, Carman just kind of like <laughs> rides off into the sunset in the back of his Lamborghini. No, no. yeah. <laughs> also, the, 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 the vibe of the whole thing is very much again. He's half go- car, half man. <laughs> yeah. He's more car than man at this point. Again, going back to the uh, the Lucas thing, like the feel of this is very much like Maz Eisley Cantina. Fan you know? lives in bars. Well, yes. yes they just kind of exactly. hang out, you know. Yeah, that's why you got to shut that's, them that's all down. Yeah. That was a big that, thing in our hometown. The demon. <laughs> of alcoholism hangs oh out in the bar. This can be crushed with Jesus. Right. Correct. And a Jesus gun. Second Amendment Jesus. This is why the Second <laughs> Amendment is here, so that we can kill all the devils uh, that are uh, making kids gay and uh, making board games cool. Right. <laughs> Carman was the only one who was able to see any of the demons. <laughs> oh, sure. He's got like the, the they live goggles or whatever. He's awake. Yeah. He's woke. <laughs> Yeah. It's in the Bible. You pick this video. You put it in the rotation. Tell us more about that choice, etc. You know, I I probably have seen more than that Carmen video, and I did have a CD that was called Carmen Yo Kids. Yes. Oh yeah. Hell yes. I don't remember it, but it was like it was kind of. I mean, I guess it's Adventures in Odyssey esque, right? Because it was some kind of like like mm. radio play kind of story. And then oh, he fuck. had like so music in it. So we're gonna have to do something about that. Then, I guess. We don't have to do anything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're in control of our own destiny. That's why we're podcasters. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> no. Oh, that's. We why. have to watch it's Paul Blart Mall Cop every Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is my life. It's true. Anyway, this is this is probably not the only Carmen one I've seen, but I was just like, I have to have Carmen. Like it's oh right. my god, like yeah. it's so ridiculous. And then. And this is the one that just came up in my brain first. And I'm like, I, I remember it. Like, that's the one that, like, I remember the music to. And Satan by the dust. You know, like, it yeah. just, it's just in there. And so I was like, oh, okay, let me rewatch it. And I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, God. Like, especially, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's perfect. I'm, like, crying and laughing. It and, like, is oh, perfect. It's I, perfect. I, uh, Brian oh. and I actually watched a good number of these together. It's, yeah. it's, it's pure camp. The instrumentals are so bad, you know, because it's just MIDI. They they couldn't get the Michael W. Smith band to play right. behind him. I didn't know anything about Carmen growing up. Oh. I didn't know about him until I was in college. Well, and then I, I like I, I tried- was like an archaeologist. I kept watching videos. And I'm like, this is <laughs> unbelievable what I'm discovering about past civilizations. I, I tried to find his albums growing up as a kid. And I at one point I just had to cry, where in the world is Carmen Sandino? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. Ah. Carmen. San Diego. Well Carmen. done. Well done. <laughs> I, I have a tumor now. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to do that joke? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, at I least saw, three minutes. I saw that one spinning up as you were starting to talk, and I was like, where is this going? And then I got to the punchline a split yeah. second before you did, and I was so uh, angry. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of the most cringy parts was the false religion, because it's like... Mm. It's just super racist, like the music and everything. Yeah. And the, there's like a it's obviously yes. like a Sikh of some sort. Mm. And it's yeah, a very it like a turban, cliche, yeah. obvious like music during, the, you know, it's like, oh, oh, that's where it started. Ooh, like bad. everything was very funny till that point. And then I was like, oh, yeah. right. I feel like that happens sometimes when we review certain things on this yeah. show where like we can enjoy it for the camp value. And then right. it like just goes over the line <laughs> far is, enough. Yeah, the mask, yeah, the mask off, is yeah. off. And then there's this yeah. moment of like waking horror as you realize, yeah. oh, shit, like this is what the propaganda purpose of this is or this is this is what people are maybe actually taking away from this and this is how these people think oh absolutely i mean i was totally brought up to think that way like all other religions are so fall and so Mm. incredibly like you know 
like demonized that way. Right. I, I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, literally. Yeah, like yeah. I remember uh, even a, other Abrahamic religion. Yeah, I remember a visiting it's pastor insane. coming to our church. Yeah. And that's where we heard all the really ridiculous stuff was from visiting pastors. Oh, sure. Lucky you, and you Baptist. Yeah, I, I mean, like Southern Baptist, like a real, we're like, yeah. we're like, uh, we're like fringe Baptists over where I grew yeah. up. I remember this visiting pastor saying that all other religions are Satanism. Right. Right. They're, because they're all false religions, they're all created by Satan. Therefore, everyone in every other religion is worshiping Satan. Right. Which in that case, like, makes it better if you're an atheist. <laughs> sure. Um, and right. Carmen, you know, Carmen's such a great prototype of like this type of guy, this type of baby boomer. Who who got really into this this demon shit in the eighties? Well, he's probably and, a little more Pentecostal too. I would assume. Yeah. Okay. So he he he. I don't know if he grew up with any kind of religion. Of course, he grew up in New Jersey. Um, he converted at an Andre Crouch concert and moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. And so that didn't go well, obviously. And and this is very much more the uh, the Pentecostal world. Like this is my friends who would go to like Gallup Assemblies of God, oh, probably right, right, listen right. to Carmen and, and these other and, things. And they would always have the uh, what what was the fun one the uh, the the big production they would do over at the door. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Uh, Heaven's gates and hell's flames or something. They they did uh they did a, they would do the Hell House yeah. every oh, year. Oh, sure. I never oh, been. Sure. Oh, oh what? I never been to the Hell House. Let's go, Brian. So as we move into a lot of the this more paranoid shit, like you get from. Carmen. Now we have Ray Bolt. Oh yeah, the, the Ooh, pinnacle. Yeah, right. the I pinnacle pledge of allegiance the of the playlist. I think here. I oh pledge God. allegiance to the lamb. lamb. You gotta not um, the flag. This yeah, is, what's this, this is about? Very, this is a very wild and specific thing about me. But anytime anyone refers to Jesus as the Lamb, it 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 activates a part of my brain. Uh, that makes me shut down completely and hear nothing but white noise. I think it's the stupidest <laughs> metaphor that's ever been ascribed to him. Like, I get it. I understand the logic of it. But it's just, it. Ugh, every time it's used, it's like it's always used in the worst possible mm. way. And it's like, like th now. there are better metaphors hey, that hey, we guys. could have used. Hey, hey, check this out. Oh, Christ, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world? Have mercy upon us. Remember that one? Sorry, what? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> White noise. So yeah, um, Ray Bolts. Uh, AJ just lost five minutes. The first, the first, like travel through time. The first like minute or so of yeah, this that's video. The best worst is. I mean, again, when we watch this, Brian. We could not stop laughing. Um, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't realize that they were supposed to be in like a future pod. You gave up. You gave away the twist. <laughs> like, That's at the end. Spoilers, yeah, but everyone, it, no, for it's, this it's, music it's video. It's intended also for the beginning. It, I thought they were just on a, a, a TBN set, right? Because that's just what that channel looked White like, walls. or like a side room of a church. I thought right. briefly. Yeah. Right. Also, well, we got to talk about the prison system used in the future because, first of all, he's with his kid, right? Which is its no, own. No, in the cell. Uh, oh, is kid. that supposed to be a prison? I thought yeah. that was just like no, that's where he lives. No, no, no. no. Like everyone, everyone lives he's in the in pod. He's in prison because he believes in Jesus. Yeah, he's it's, he's in right. he's in like fucking yeah. space jail. It's so close to heaven, <laughs> and then they send you back to hell. It's him <laughs> and his son, and it's this guy, and he's talking with in as gruesome of a way as possible yeah. about the death of both Jesus himself as well right. as the apostles. Yep. One thing to point out is that Ray Bolt's was like nobody 
And then all of a sudden in 1990, he wins a Dove Award mm. for, for another song. Hold on. I'm sorry. What is a Dove Award? So the Dove Award Whoa. is given out by the, <laughs> the gospel. Wait. What is it? The gospel music. Association? It's the Christian Grammy. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. Correct. Um, but it's it's old. It's It's been around since the early 60s mm. yep. and was like mired in controversy because it was basically just like people who were relatives of whoever was on the board oh for God. the Dove Awards would win I'm the sure. main awards for like 20 years. And then they kind of pivoted into the CCM world from right. the gospel world. I, I just, and I just, yeah, it's the main thing. I just picture like Ralph Wiggum have, holding a, uh, a golden bird, a golden dove saying, teacher, my my award is speaking. And it goes <laughs> <laughs> like they've just spray painted a dove like gold. Like that. <laughs> oh, oh, AJ, you may not know this since you don't know Dove Awards. Uh, mm. There's Christian music CDs called Wow. Yep, and, I do know about oh, Wow because nuts. I accidentally bought one, uh, <laughs> thinking it was now. That's what I call music. <laughs> I uh, didn't know what now was until who knows when. That's what you say when you're inspired by this positive and encouraging music. Let's let's bring it back to Ray Bolts. Oh. Um, so we see Joan of Arc Ray getting burned. Ray Bolts, baby. <laughs> I remember watching this with Kurt, and he was like. Is that supposed to be Joan of Arc? What, she was just like... Ray Bolt shows up then, and he has this glorious mullet. It's just... curly. <laughs> and, and, and we have a choir of the martyrs in heaven. Like yeah. It's literally just like those kids on TikTok when it's just like they oh, have yeah, the, the heaven two- background. It looks exactly like that. And, and with the like, filter, we too. We have not moved forward. Yeah. The filter where it like takes you and it duplicates yep. you into 50 other people. It's that. Yeah. It's just that. My God, the costumes in this are, are, oh, they're excellent. Someone raided the church play closet. <laughs> sure did. Yeah, because after those beautiful choir robes of everybody in heaven, we then get to what I'm assuming is Russia. Yeah, Russia, where they killed all the Christians right. famously. Because we're kind in the old country. A guy comes in and he's <laughs> He's, he's, it reminds me of fucking mother. I've come back from Mount Everest from Mr. Show. But <laughs> yes, it's, it's a guy coming back. Uh, and Fuck, that guy was at January 6th. I know it's <laughs> fucked up and it's actually oh, true. God. Um, but I have a uh, feeling a lot of people in this music video were probably <laughs> January 6th. <laughs> Except for Ray Bolts. He's gay and he lives with his partner in Florida. Yeah, so really? that's, that's the Correct. one thing Whoa. I knew about that's Ray Bolts. That's also why I included Ray Bolts he... and Jennifer Nett. We'll get Interesting. Yeah, he, we'll get to Jennifer he left, later, but yeah. He left his wife. Well, yeah. they got divorced. It was a mutual decision. Around like 2000 or 2001, yeah. he moved to Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Um, and he's married to a man. His wife maintained a blog for a number of years. I think it's... I don't think she's updated it since like 2014 or so, mm-hmm. but it was like they're, they're, they stayed friends. And so it was all about like her life of like mm. coming to terms with the fact mm. that her husband was gay and and what it means to be a good Christian sure. in that sense. And like uh, props, props to the, the Boltzes. I still don't know if it makes up for the horror that is this video. Yeah, this though, is because true. <laughs> For, I felt, for what he did to you. Oh God, yeah. it, 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 ultimately, as with everything, this is about me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, after we have this strange scene in what looks to be a, 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 an apartment in Soviet Russia where, you know, the cops come in uh, and, and, and break everything up. Oh, right. See, when I they're thought this was the Holocaust. Ha- oh. Because uh, there's a lot of Holocaust that's imagery that's used. Yeah, I think that's the Gestapo. And there's a lot of like Holocaust imagery that's used hmm. throughout these videos in this playlist. There's but a lot of true. Do you think, because do you think they, that's just not, them being really distasteful or like not getting like that Well, because like people, you know, people were really focused there was this focus on like 
Christian resistance to the Nazis, yeah. like Corey Ten Boom, right. the Hiding Place. Right. Yeah, that's or, that's where my brain or, went. Um, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer. Yeah, yeah. And it, that definitely was part of like kind of this movement, right, in sure. in late twentieth century to one to make the Nazi regime and communism exactly the same. Yes, right. To make it seem like it's the same right. thing, and two to distance the actual culpability of, of Christians uh, from right. the atrocities sure. of the Holocaust. And, and that's also right. why, you know, ultimately in the context of this video, whether they thought they were portraying Soviets or Germans doesn't really matter because their imagination is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. Um, anyway, finally uh, at the end of this video, which is just, oh, it's glorious. Um, <laughs> I think they should have done a scene where John Birch gets gunned down by <laughs> fucking Mao's army. We learn... <laughs> <laughs> we learn that the dad That's just for me. and his son are in space jail. They've been in space jail this whole time. And the space yeah. police are oh, coming. I, I, I wanted to point out because, you know, he's talking about history. And so the guy who's in space jail with his son, I, I messaged you guys because I was rewatching the video mm. earlier this afternoon. Yeah. He said, well, in my dad's day. He could still pray in school. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yes. It wasn't always yes. so bad. Uh, so yes. it's like we could go down that route the, with the audio the drama. Prayer got too. took out of school yeah. and within within twenty-six years, <laughs> yep. we have space jail for all Christians. <laughs> and and then they fucking take them off to be executed because right. that's what they do to Christians in space Which, jail. <laughs> also, like totally they don't nut up and actually show him getting wrecked. No, like that they just cool. haul yeah. him off. They show him in heaven afterwards. They, they cool. haul him off down the hallway and then he's just in the heaven choir. Yeah. <laughs> God, that heaven choir looks so boring. That's the other thing is that no Christian has ever sold me on a heaven that doesn't sound like the worst time. Right. Do you know what that's, I mean? Yeah. Let's all stand and face there, one direction and sing. <laughs> yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah, are you saying For forever? That Cool. You're saying the CC Winans video didn't convince you? <laughs> you know, it got it's the closest right. that they've ever right, come. Right. It got pretty but good. No. I always think about the the image that that Weird Al put in his song Everything You Know Is Wrong where he says, "But I get the room next to the noisy ice machine." <laughs> 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 He's just stuck in a Stephen Adley Gerges play for all eternity. Oh God, that's, <laughs> so that one's, uh, that one's for me. That one is for you. Yeah. It's also kind of for me. It's not for our listeners. So <laughs> what, 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 what the funny thing is also too is that it's very clear they only had those costumes for the Joan of Arc scene for like one shooting day. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. loop that footage <laughs> over and over again in this yeah. thing. Just to I also pat it I out. also loved and again it's just like the the 90s ness of it. I love how the way that they shoot that Joan of Arc shit looks like a holodeck scene from Star Trek oh, The Next Generation. Right. It so does. Like the costumes, the vibes, everything. <laughs> Impeccable. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Rosie, as a, as a musician, first of all, I think anyone who creates music is kind of like like a wizard in a certain sense because I have in that you're all going to hell. Yeah, you're all going to hell. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's also just like I, I can't fundamentally understand how you would like how I don't have a brain that thinks that way. Uh, but I got the sense by listening to a lot of the songs on this playlist that they were two minute songs that were somehow four minute songs. <laughs> And I don't know if there's like a musical explanation for that feeling, 
but this this song felt interminable, and I don't yeah. I don't know How if there's like anything it, like. Was it not? That I think long? it's like six minutes. Yeah. Five or six minutes. We we also have to consider that the video the itself intro. also has the intro and the yeah. outro, and yeah. those are those are acted scenes before the music actually starts. Right. Uh, I'm going to put acted there in big old quotes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> except for that kid who is giving the most believable performance. He was so of the scared. Thing. Holy he shit! That so kid scared. was freaked the fuck out. And then also just completely you apathetic know he just at every good point. His pastor went up to him. He's, you know, wearing his fully buttoned three button suit. Mm-hmm. He's almost bursting out of it. And mm-hmm. he leans down. He's like, now, Billy, if you don't do this take right, we're actually going to kill your dad. That's what I was saying. Like, I, don't, I don't think that kid was acting. I think that yeah. kid was actually freaked out. I have written some music, but it's all very terrible. And maybe one day I'll put out like one that I wrote when, I'm fif- when I was 15 because it's very like this kind of vibe and I've thought about doing it with like hmm. like as a comp right with other people who wrote songs when they were 15 like okay give me your 15 year old song oh god that's so good you know oh, what I mean like, hell yeah write it Sweet. as your band now and it'd be so that. funny like cause my lyrics <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna go there right now we'll save it we'll save it oh my god it's so good but like so I haven't like written but like Kurt writes really short songs and like he just short, he just yeah. can't handle he loves how short they are but at the same time a song like so Bohemian Rhapsody yep. it's a really long song but there's all these parts to it and there's this movement yeah. so it like doesn't feel long so I don't know yeah, that's sure. like I guess the positive take or like although this one kind of took my attention because it was so bad it's just so it's, it's so bad that yeah. it's good it's, yeah. It's, yeah it's partly because the video is so crack right. uh, right. i don't think that the but, song would be very fun to listen to but the video no. is just yeah. gun to my head i, I can't know, tell man. you how this song goes no i can't either oh god they've broken down my door <laughs> they keep going i can do a harmony Here they come. the heavenly choir is <laughs> coming in oh <laughs> That's all I can. But I, I think oh, you're. I think you're oh, right. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I think you're right, Rosie. That like some of these songs are very good. Obviously, we talked about Cross of Gold, which is yep. a musically interesting song with a performance that is also off the fucking Bonkers. chain. Yeah. yeah um, and to your point about Bohemian Rhapsody, it also changes like radically throughout the course of the song. Movement. So it's right. like a there's bunch like, of songs. And this is this is yeah, very similar yeah. to the stuff that like Jim Steinman did, right? With um anything, you know, Bad Out of Hell. Bad out, and, all the yeah. stuff on Bad Out of Hell fucking um uh it's all coming back to me. Like oh, yeah. these yeah. are the kinds of Toy Eclipse. Oh, I know that one. These are the kinds of songs that can go that long because they have these movements and they're doing interesting things. Right. That's a hard thing to do. And yes. ultimately this song does not pull it off. <laughs> yep. Nope. So, Rosie, you, you you mentioned when we were going through the Jim Steinman songs, you said you knew like, Total Eclipse of the Heart. I know that one. I know. I have to mention one I know because I usually don't know. <laughs> is is your first exposure to the song the same as mine, which is you saw James and Ernie lip sync to it? <laughs> <laughs> they are a, a local Navajo comedy duo. Oh, whoa, that is one that is just for yeah. you. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, my, my siblings listen to this. Maybe. Uh, oh, my God. They're I, so I good. I saw the uh, German vampire musical that that song is featured in. <laughs> okay. Speaking of bad songs, here we move on to Michael Sweet, yes! formerly of Striper. Striper uh, but now he's going solo. <laughs> and now he's telling you that you need to go solo, too. That's right. With mm-hmm. your dingus. That's right. Correct. <laughs> Let me ask a million questions about Michael Sweet. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, yes. Who... Why? Mm. What? 
And how did this man come to be? AJ needs picture of Striper. Yeah, Yeah, so look up, just Google Striper, Striper. AJ. It's spelled with a Y. I'll I'll pull it up here real quick and share my screen and we can all just kind of enjoy this together. Their their leading picture on Wikipedia is very funny. Oh, they look like... They look like if bumblebees were a mistake. <laughs> yep. It's a low rent production of cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they trying much. to like sort of be like kiss, but like Christian kiss? Yeah, that's well, definitely I was thinking the vibe. maybe Twisted Sister. It's uh, somewhere yeah. between Twisted yeah. Sister. Sister. Yeah. They're, they're the ones who sang To Hell with the Devil, which I only knew because Five of Five Iron Frenzy's Frenzy. live album. Yeah. yeah. So I we used to have a cassette of Striper, or we it's still at my parents' house. I'm sure. Um. And it's funny that you mentioned like 80s stuff because I didn't go quite into that. But like Petra, that's what Petra is. That's how I accepted Jesus in my heart. You know, coloring book in the living room. Petra's playing (laughs) Jesus heart. That's the story that I (laughs) really Petra Petra helped you accept the Lord Jesus into your heart. This is is correct. (laughs) Holy shit. This was I think it was probably like my story at my baptism. Right. And my dunking. We dunk. We dunk AJ. I don't know if you know that. How too exciting. I know. That's just for Andrew Acevedo. Hey, Andrew. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Is he in relation to the decrepit Desiree? Yes. So Michael Sweet went solo, and and we got this absolute, whatever the opposite of a banger is, yeah. for this yeah. song yeah. about some filthy whore yeah. trying to seduce a man at the drive-in theater. Yeah. It's a weird role for Elizabeth Moss, I gotta say. <laughs> See, you thought, it was, so you thought Elizabeth Moss, yeah. too. Brian said that. It's yeah. like, she's like three-quarters Elizabeth Moss, one-quarter Drew Barrymore. And she wants this poor young man's D oh, in God, her yeah. bajingus. Well, and, and innocent that's, man. That's also how you can know that she is not a Christian, right? Like, because as we all know, if you are a, a, a woman of Christ, you actually don't have sexual desire. Correct. Like, that's just yeah. that's just one weird no trick. Way. Unless you're married um, and then it just turns on. Exactly. And then right. you're like really sexy all the right. time. All the time. You're, you're Every Amy time Grant. your husband you're, wants you're, it. Exactly. You're, you're Amy yep. Grant in the baby baby video. Like, just <laughs> fucking forget about it. Hanging all out with way. your droogs, drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> singing show tunes. And so after we see uh, her plot a condom be like, hey, it's all right. Then what happens? It does look like she's been sitting on it for yeah. a while, though. Yeah. Like, it, it, she probably needs to trade it that out. That was from the Grip's uh, wallet, actually. <laughs> they just pulled it out. So, Mike, at this point then, Michael Sweet comes in, stands there at a drive-in theater. He stands right in front of the screen and starts playing Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. And then the guy who's who's being seduced by the whore uh, <laughs> is just transfixed right. by Michael Sweet. He can't look away from I mean, how from could, you, how could you not be? Right. leather-pantsed man on the Long, stage. Long, beautiful hair, buttons down. And then he realizes that we don't have to take our clothes right. off to have, to have a good to time. Have a good time. Uh, and uh, abstinence rules, playing is playing for is fools. For fools. Yep. And um, The one who abstains is the one ooh. who's cool. That's true. And additionally, as Michael Sweet is up here in front of the drive-in screen, sounding like a discount Kenny Loggins, we have a number of statistics flashing, uh, which are dubious. Wild statistics. Uh, (laughs) There's a great point where the whole screen fills up and it just says death. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like they, nothing else it just says death it's like they live um right aids two million dead uh condoms 85 percent effective mm-hmm. that's definitely not Incorrect. true yeah. uh, right. definitely One, 150,000 abortions every day uh we're learning a lot here uh getting a lot of really good information but it's done like subliminally like they're flashing it too right. quick for you to right. read right. so right. it's just right. like right. trying to hypnotize yeah. the youths we're like josie well, and the pussycats yeah, for sort of like a yeah <laughs> sort of like a nine inch nails video kind of 
feel to it. He also keeps insisting that there's no safe way anymore, as if there was once upon a time. <laughs> Look, once we got rid of sheep intestines, uh, yeah. they went out the window. <laughs> Leather satchels that you tie off behind your testicles. <laughs> Big oil, plastic. Cloths that can support your supple taint. Um, is this yeah. maybe a reference Loose to uh, Original Sin? Like the idea being that once Adam and Eve sinned, that was when STDs also oh, happened. right. Because they could bang all the time in the right. garden and right. nothing yeah, They fucked all the animals. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> At you least know once. <laughs> they fucked the trees. You could, you could actually fuck the tree. That's what got them in trouble. They were banging the tree and then the, the serpent was like, life. hey. Yeah, that's why they call it the tree of life. It sucks you off. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> we haven't done one of those in a while. I know. I was yeah. saving one, but I, uh, I, I had it in my brain, but I didn't know where to place it. At the end of the video, we see he, you know, he's a reasonable man. He right. just turns her down. She's like, Ugh. get the fuck out and of my car. Like, right. Leaves. Because, yeah, oh, yeah, she also drove him, which is an interesting reversal of gender roles here. Even, yeah, right. Um, and then immediately goes to send some other guy right. to hell with right. her pussy. Oh, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. and there we go. Like, uh, she's li she's living her best life. Yeah, and then and then Sweet appears, and we've mentioned some of what he was saying. He right. just sits there and he's like, "Hey, join True Love yeah, Waits, yeah. the so organization cool. True Love Waits. Do it now." It's like a, it's like a hard pitch at the very yeah. end of yeah. the video, just straight up like, "Let's it's rap, like they, kids." They're, look, they're trying to sell you rings, right? They have a yeah. business, and right. you need to buy. A, a sterling silver yeah. ring that tells everyone you're a virgin. So this kind of wraps up this portion of the playlist. You know, we've we've now talked at some length about how we could use CCM as a sledgehammer, as a weird sort of like way to indoctrinate people in really fundamentalist teachings. Going back and watching this stuff again, these are not songs that I remember because this was not the part of CCM that I was into. Well, sure. I mean, and this song specifically was on the Brimstone Chronicles version of ZTV, which was like the late oh, night hardcore stuff. Okay, okay. So like it wasn't necessarily as mainstream, I don't think. So were they were they trying to basically scare kids straight here? Was that I the idea? I think so, yeah. Scare people into abstinence, just scare people to not have sex and the purity culture thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because this is something I saw, you know, it, more in my younger like youth like before puberty most i think most likely because that's when i was watching ztv more mm -hmm. um but it's so interesting because then later in life i went to acquire the fire which is a whole thing we right. can yeah that's a thing <laughs> that's Fucking another wrong loose teen mania yeah we'll unpack that some other time aj just to clear this for you as well uh yeah we're, we're talking about a lot of stuff that is yeah. very specific to yeah. one sect of christianity um, sure. Acquire the Fire is an annual conference that went on for a very long time for yeah. evangelical teenagers. Right. It was okay. operated by a, a not-for-profit called Teen Mania, uh, which is a very worrisome name. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh that's, uh, founded by a guy named Ron, Ron Luce. Luce. Yeah. Ron Luce is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ron Luce is a man who will go to hell. And a big part of his whole deal was basically getting teenagers, recruiting them into this whole teen mania thing and basically using them for free labor. Yes. Um, Jesus. And a lot has been written about it. Uh, this documentary. You know, you had been talking then about how these messages do or do not work. So that's, yeah. that's really what I'm wondering, Rosie. So take, well, take it from there. I mean, I guess in a way it worked because like I got scared into not ever like, 
even trying anything sexually, mm-hmm. right? And I and again, yeah. and this is what where Acquire the Fire sort of came in, but like went went there, did a thing where they all convinced us to do true love weights and like date Jesus mm-hmm. for a year instead of like date oh, boys. Fuck that 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 terminology. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. It's kind of gross. Just, like it makes me feel gross yeah, now. It, I don't think, it just felt like you just like punched me in the chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and in some ways, like I was in halfway through seventh grade I think when I did the whole like I'm gonna date Jesus for a year like thing and like in some ways we should all be sexually attracted to dead men that's what's so gross about it yeah you're like 12 you're like I'm taking myself off the market (laughs) (laughs) in some ways it worked because I was absolutely scared of all that shit right and I just like ultimately what this kind of stuff does yeah. is it, sh- it, 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 it it threatens you with a number of different things if you don't right. comply. And it yes. also sets up this way of thinking where you can either be with the program or against it. And right. the very moment that you step one foot out across the line, at that point, you're out. Right. And God mm. forbid that you be part of that and out group. This is so incredibly harmful for people who end up facing sexual abuse yeah. mm-hmm. of any kind. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Assault and, and oh, maybe you just, you shouldn't have been alone with that yeah, person anyway. Yeah, don't put yourself right? in that you know, situation because like, you'll be tempted. All this kind of stuff. There's or, so yeah. many steps you can take to just put that blame on someone or simply deter them from ever even making a claim against someone. Sure, instead right. of talking about something yeah. like consent, we right. talk about yep. just never putting yourself in that situation, whether that be you just need to abstain because you're nasty and don't do that till you're married. Yeah. Or you, you sh- if you love somebody, you shouldn't put yourself in that situation because you'll be tempted and you won't be able to handle yourself, which is like, also I false. Remember, like, you know what I, mean? yeah. Yeah. I remember, Rosie, when we were in high school, we had this like five week series of sex chapels. <laughs> mm. Sex that were chapel. in part. I don't um, like the phrase sex we're, uh, chapel. We're in a sex yeah, cult. that's the that Catholic in, in me. I don't <laughs> like sex chapels. That were in part. Sex chapel uh, is my new porn site. Carried out by Rosie's at the time youth pastor. The Texan, and I fucking live in Texas now. One thing that uh, was said to the girls, they separated us out. Yeah. The first and last weeks we were all together, and then the other weeks we were all separate. We were mostly just mumbling under our breath at how stupid this was, right? <laughs> you know, it was just, this is a load of barnacles. And um, <laughs> I remember talking to to uh, one of our friends coming back from the girls' sex chapel, mm-hmm. saying that they had been told that any amount of skin you show on your body, for instance, you should expect a guy to want to touch it. You should just expect that. God, I'm glad right? I blocked So then that it's out. your fault. Fucking hell. Um, right. Every young man's battle kind of shit. Yeah. That, that, that is also like so insulting to men. It is. Yeah. Right? It's it reduces you to down bu- yeah. to like these base carnal urges that you have right. absolutely you have no, no control. control over. Yeah. This stuff is filth. It's disgusting. And and to think that their approach, like, you know, they talk so much, the evangelical world talks so much about the urgency and tragedy of AIDS mm. and how many people are dying of AIDS. And what was the evangelical world doing to stop it? Nothing. Right. They were Absolutely putting out nothing. fucking music Telling videos Telling you not saying, to use condoms. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, yes. excuse me. Jeez, yeah, right. That's right. Fucking Which hell. is insane to me because like yeah. my mom is a school nurse and she taught sex ed in a public school. So she absolutely mm-hmm. knew and taught about contraceptives, but I don't know that. Yeah. And that she probably taught it to me too, but like, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't the main thing talking to me in my culture about sex, right? right? So even if she taught yeah, me the right, right. way, like stuck in my brain better. That's yeah. the thing. Once yeah. those once those pathways are encoded, yeah, it, you, you you can't break the pattern right. without a great deal of work, and right. that ultimately is what this stuff is trying to do. It is a tool of indoctrination. It mm-hmm. is CCM as a sledgehammer, and um, 
Moving it on. is what it is. So, <laughs> well, speaking of like misguided attempts yes. to give knowledge to yes. children, right? Uh, let's talk about the newsboys, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yes, let's. Okay. Yes. So, newsboys, this is my shit here now. Um. Yeah. Oh I boy. Almost here we go. Josh is horny for newsboys. Here we go. I was gonna call him a bad name, but I'm not. Uh, no, you can. He sucks. Michael um, Taint. There we go. There we go. It was go. really easy. It was yeah. really low hanging yeah, yeah, fruit. I'm not good. No, we were all thinking it. All right. yeah. so, <laughs> so Newsboys are one of the biggest bands and have long been one of the biggest yeah. bands in Christian contemporary yes. music. They're, yeah. I would say that they're basically the Christian, I don't know, what, what would you even compare them to? No, there no. is no comparison. There is no comparison, right? Right. Like, like, because NSYNC is like, what's that and, one band? It doesn't no, matter. No, it's not. It's not like a boy band, right? Because like, yeah. their career stays so big for so right, long. Right. They didn't, you know, and, and Tate even came over and now he is one of the newsboys and they've appeared in the God's Not Dead right. movie trilogy. How many decades after their start in fucking Australia? Right. A career like this is just, it's it just of. doesn't have a parallel nope. outside of these sort of cloistered mm-hmm. it honestly, music It honestly scenes. doesn't even have a parallel within Christian music. They're singular. No, sure. Like, you, they're, mm. they're, I cannot think of another band in Christian music or otherwise that has enjoyed such continued, sustained success uh, as Newsboys. They started out as a... Uh, pretty low-key bunch of Australian evangelicals. The song that we listen to in this music video is called I'm Not Ashamed. They should be. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Uh, It is from their album titled Not Ashamed, uh, which was released (laughs) in 1992 on Star Song. And uh, this video is, uh, I mean, it's really not much of a video visually, no. but musically, this tells you everything that the newsboys are about, as well as lyrically, mm-hmm. right? There's this implied idea that everybody is sort of a fake friend. This is a song about fake friends and fake bitches, right? And it's like, <laughs> well, you might be afraid to talk about Jesus, but not me. Uh, I'm not like one of those. And just, it's just, that uh, just feels so much guilt in so much of my life. Anyway, yeah. keep going. You <laughs> no, have but, to save your testimonies for church time. Rosie, you really should have spent more time testifying to people God. about your faith. I would always like when you were surrounded by other Christians. evangelicals yeah. and nobody else. I feel like I would always like find a way to just like ask you. Can I pray for you? Like, that's my, like, like way of not mm. feeling guilty, but not right. being, like, too obtrusive. <laughs> and that, of course, is yeah. why the band is called Newsboys, uh, right? They are spreading the, the good, good news, news of our Lord and I Savior Jesus Christ. I think they were originally, they were originally just the news, mm. but as oh. they were gaining international success, they didn't want to have any confusion With Huey between Lewis. them and Huey Lewis right. in the news. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, and we, and Josh, how long did you say that they've been doing this? Uh, uh, oh, since the 80s. 80s. Since, since, since the late 1988. 80s. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, that's a mighty fine life carrying the banner through it all. And I, <laughs> and I yeah. would say that they like really. Like they were they were in the VeggieTales movie, mm-hmm. right? They wrote the song Sleeping with Fishes. Yeah. I didn't know um, that. They, they, I think they even wrote a song for the later VeggieTales movie, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. I'm Not Ashamed uh, was their first big stateside hit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, not Ashamed as an album is not very good. This is really the standout track on that one. And then a couple years later, they released Going Public. That was uh, the album that had Shine on it, yeah. which remains sort of their staple yeah. song. I almost picked that and, one because it's such yeah, a good music yeah. video and that one lives in my brain. But I thought the lyrics to I'm Not Ashamed were so interesting, especially talking about how some of your last yeah. uh, mm-hmm. episodes and different things were talking about how like there's this belief that like 
Christians are oh, like, oh, you're one of those, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, right, or like, right, right. Or like <laughs> oppressed somehow, like, or you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, and this, like, this song, so that's uh, kind of why uh, I chose it. Encapsulates that yeah. feeling. After going public, they released "Step Up to the Microphone." That yes. was their big, like that. That was their big hit. That's what made them big in the states. They went and did a tour that was massive. Uh, released a concert video for that that really put them on the map. Their subsequent album, Love, Liberty, Disco, was released. Right. I saw them on that tour in the year <laughs> 2000. I mean, honestly, it's been largely upside since then. So much mm, like yeah. Michael W. Smith, they've kind of now made a pivot from being a like pop rock outfit to being whatever the fuck Michael W. Smith is doing these days. Hillsong oh. music, I guess, is the only really yeah. real way you can put it. Now that they're helmed by Tate specifically, yes. it's it's Tate's band now. Yes. Yeah. That's the other. That's the only he's, other he's, thing. He's tainted it. Tainted it. He's tainted it. Yeah. That's the that's the other thing that's worth noting about this is that the Newsboys at this time in 1992 were fronted by a guy named John James. He would go on to have a pretty serious struggle with alcoholism, with cocaine addiction, with mm. infidelity, yeah. and step down mm. from being lead singer of the band. And then Peter Furler, who was the drummer, uh, uh, stepped up to replace him. A band exclusively of Elijah Woods. <laughs> and uh, somebody needs to beat up these nerds. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a thing that happens at the end of this music video that ha happens in a couple of the other videos on the playlist, but they input audiences clapping for them. <laughs> like into the music video itself and it gives off such a please clap energy yeah. that I, I laugh every time. I was expecting for them, because of the longevity of their career, I had expected that their music would be more memorable or more no. interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's that's, that's just... Not, that's, not what, that's not what keeps you going in the Christian music no. world. You know, it's it's hard for me to say just because I Newsboys were such a core part of my identity, honestly. Um, oh, sure. As an, as an early adolescent that like... And he's not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed shame to let you know. Um, it, but it is hard for me to say at this point, looking back, how much of that listening to these songs, because like when you say that, AJ, when you say that yeah. this stuff is all really mediocre, my initial response is no, it's not. Right. I saw you. <laughs> uh, when I said the band of Elijah Woods, I saw you bristle. And I was like, Josh, I'm so, oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't know uh, that this meant so much to no, you. No, but like, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that all of it is mediocre. I think that some of it is Good, maybe, but yeah. on the other hand, that could just be nostalgia talking. I'm right. genuinely not sure. No, I, I I can relate to you, and that's why it was yeah. like hard for me to sort of describe my like. Well, I, I have so much of it lives in my brain again, and like, right. But the one that lives the most, music video wise, is Shine because it has like mm -hmm. like yeah. a very cliche Asian like geisha yeah, kind geisha, of looking. Weird, yeah, that's gross. And that's like the choreography too, right? Where it they're might all, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they have the weird like circle <laughs> thing. They do a little turn. Yeah. And it's, we'll, please yeah. just move your arms together. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll add that video to the playlist so that people can watch that one as well. One of the good stories about Newsboys I have is that like at our church, they did like a like a family. So like a talent show uh, for and, and my family decided to sing um, one of their songs called Be Still and Know I Am God. Which mm -hmm. is like taken from Psalms or something. That's a, oh, yeah. that's a yeah. deep cut. That's right. a that's not a well known newsboy <laughs> yeah. song. Exactly. And so I remember people coming up to us afterwards being like, "That's just such an amazing song." And some of the people were people who were very staunchly against rock music. Mm. And, ah, yeah. and that was like where my dad lived. Was like he really liked the rock music and wanted the church to like move to that kind of style and away from hymns. That was like sort of where my family was, which is super that's interesting. The interesting thing yeah. is like whenever we didn't go to that many concerts. I mean, my brother. Did a fair amount, but like yeah. me, certainly not. But like 
any concert that I went to my dad put of some on. Christian band, your dad <laughs> yes. was there. That's well, fine. my dad, even if the rest of you weren't there, <laughs> your dad was there. <laughs> there was like a radio station based out of Albuquerque that was called K Light, which also looks like Clit yes. now that I'm older. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, basically, there was a very localized Christian radio that would do like mm. more hard hard stuff not that hard yeah, but they would yeah. throw concerts yeah, the, the like, hard stuff right, right. <laughs> we have some hard stuff coming up though oh, so you yes. know. yeah we do so they throw concerts and I like Five Iron and Pillar and mm-hmm. P.O. Well, I don't know if P.O.D. came, but they yeah, they'd, Pillar Pillar actually came to Gallup. Pillar even. came to Gallup. Yeah. And the Thousand Foot Crutch was a uh, the headliner on that show. Are uh, those all songs from the perspective of Lot's wife? <laughs> <laughs> so and my dad like and my brother like helped like pour the concrete or some bullshit for like the radio tower <laughs> that K-Light would come into Gallup as. Yeah. Because he was that mm. passionate and and so he hates K-Love because K-Love was like, can we share towers with you? And they were more powerful and they like took over oh the God. signal. It's a whole you drama. Think, it's fun. It's fun. Club, and my dad always listened to K-Love. Right. But the thing is, like, that was my experience with, with, with CCM. Yeah. Was like, K-Love, where they have played the same 20 songs right. every oh, sure. hour, every day for the last 30 years right. now. But my family sure. were like, like a, here's we were like Mercy Me, haters. I can only imagine. Right. Here's like a Rich Mullins song. Right. So like, I didn't have anywhere near the same kind of knowledge because I just heard the same right. shit yeah. my entire life. The reason that I think this is an interesting song is that much like a lot of Newsboys other output, and it's not an interesting video. I mean, I know Brian, no. you, was there something you wanted to say about like the way that they did the color? The video is shot in that it's like it's such an immediately recognizable 90s music video right. thing. And it's because they're they're basically using a couple of techniques that are either something we call bleach bypass processing or something that looks like bleach bypass processing. So when you're shooting on color film, you're essentially making two pictures. You have a black and white picture that's forming, but then it also is paired up with little like chemical dyes that are reacting at the same time. That's a bad explanation, but it's good enough. Sure. So when you when you finalize the development process of color film, you actually run it through bleach and it gets rid of all the silver huh. and then you just have the color. If you don't do that, it creates something that looks like these 90s music videos <laughs> where the color is less saturated. Everything is really high contrast. And especially those brights, like the whiter areas, get completely turned white. Yes. They're just gone. It, honestly, um, Brian, with your webcam right now, yeah. it kind of looks like that. Honestly. I am I am bleach bypass Brian <laughs> yes. right now. It actually, it's interesting because it makes your video look like it's been bleached. Like it looks like it has been like acid washed. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's actually because you avoid the bleach. Isn't that fun? Another way that they would do it is that they would just like clock up and, and shoot it with the camera way too wide open so that it takes in too much light oh, sure. and then use a very cheap scanning process that made the overexposed parts completely blow out. Mm. So, uh, AJ, you had probably never experienced anything like this before you saw this video, I would imagine, no, right? No. Did this remind you of anything in the real life music world? Did this feel like it even has an analog uh, yeah, to like kind another of. band? I mean, the thing that immediately popped to mind, honestly, was du jour from Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> oh, like, that's yeah. the first thing yeah. that popped in my head because they're boy band adjacent. They're like boy mm-hmm. band yeah. light. Uh-huh. And what's so fascinating about listening to this like wide swath of CCM is that it seems as though Christian music didn't have its own identity, right. really. Mm-hmm. So it was trying yeah. to glob on to any Absolutely. genre oh, that yeah. it could yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to figure out what its own voice was. Yeah. And 
This seems to be much more its wheelhouse. I think its most successful is when you use country music. I think mm-hmm. that is like yeah. what, in terms of CCM, that's sort of where it landed. And gospel, of course, but gospel is its. I feel I I put it in an entirely different category. Absolutely uh, right, because that actually has a history yes. to it. Right? Yes, whereas right. this is trying to form something new. Well, and, and and something to that point as well, AJ, that I think is interesting. You know, you don't know this because you don't know the history of Newsboys, but. I would say that their entire trajectory as a group over the course of the past, you know, three decades has been trying to figure that exact question out. If you go through their history, they go all over the place musically. And it's not in the way that I don't know, like fucking New Order has gone all over the place where they're experimenting with different soundscapes because they want to see what they can do or the Beatles or no, it's, it's really more like what is the most sort of marketable and Mm. accessible musical trend that we can tap into. And if you go and you listen to their albums over different points in time, I do think there are some songs that stand out musically as decent, but at the same time, you know, if we go back and look at their albums, early nineties is kind of like poppy. Then they tried to go into the more like alt pop rock thing toward the end of the nineties. Early two thousands was when Hillsong music was starting to take over the world. So they made a hard pivot to pop. And then most recently, Uh, they have like tried to sort of go back to their roots a little bit um, with a couple albums like, well, the God's Not Dead album, which of course he's fully alive. He's, fully alive. Uh, he's surely alive. <laughs> Even bringing back uh, a couple of the longtime departed members, including former lead singer Peter Furler and oh. former bassist Phil Joel for a national tour where they there were all back on stage together. Yeah, Phil and Joel, I had that album. They are all over the place. And I think that is what makes them interesting as an avatar of Christian contemporary music. They're both mm. everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we Josh and I were watching Discovery Plus just put out like a, a series on Hillsong. It's not very good. Uh, it's not it's not super informative. But one of the things they talked to someone who's like, well, the music is just so it feels like modern music. Right. But it really doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. Like CCM in the especially in the 80s and 90s too like it was really like you know we had all the genres getting hit right yep. we had the ska bands yep. we had boy bands the girl bands we had gospel gangstas we had like x toll and the heavy metal scene rappers yep. we had yeah. fucking kj52 yep. out there pretending yeah. to be eminem and and yes. what happened was the hillsong model took over so much and everything kind of sounds like Either like newsboys or newsboys if you turn them down to like 30% as fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's music made so you're supposed to hold your hands up to it, even though you're Baptist and you don't do that. And, right. and, and these days, particularly, I think because of the influence of Michael Tate, newsboys also yeah. sounds like either newsboys or newsboys yeah. slowed down to 30%. And it's like yeah. it's like the closest analog it starts to have is like it's it's trying to do like a hybrid between pop and like new age meditation music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's like the musical theater problem, right? Where, where yeah. uh, when musical theater tries to like adapt more like contemporary sound or like different yeah. styles of music into it. I'm not saying these shows aren't successful because sometimes you get some really, really cool stuff, but you yeah. can never quite shake the musical theaterness of the uh-huh. songs, yeah. Yeah. If, especially if they're written for it. Um, and I, I feel that way about Christian music is that there mm-hmm. is what's happening here. Yeah. There is a Christianity and, that's baked into it. And in addition, the real business here isn't the albums or the tours. Hmm. The real business is in selling your songs to the churches so that the churches oh, will perform racing them. them. Yeah. That's sending your, your backing right. instruments. That's sending PowerPoint 
uh, presentations, mm-hmm. DVDs. You know, you don't even need a pianist anymore. You can just buy a set of things from yep. Maranatha right. or Hillsong. And now you have a whole set of songs. Yeah, right. I, don't, but, I don't. I don't have the numbers, yeah. but I would imagine that He Reigns by Newsboys has brought oh, in more yeah. money than any of their albums because that is a song that is ready and, made for singing in churches. You can license it to the thousands yeah. and thousands of churches in the United States, Australia, and wherever else, and make a fucking mint. Yeah. And hmm. so I, I never actually like. I knew the name Newsboys. I knew like a few songs that were Newsboys. I always, to this day, Josh can attest to this, get them mixed up with DC Talk. Which, Especially now that my little well, is here. Sense, so yeah. let's, let's, let's go talk, to let's DC Talk, talk now. Let's talk about yeah, them. Because talk about out, of DC this, talk. out of this kaleidoscopic view oh, of music, suddenly emerges a skin kaleidoscope. Mm, indeed. <laughs> I good. don't ever want you to use that word again. <laughs> uh, it's so what he, I'm going to refer to my penis as from now on. <laughs> this, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> This what's happening? What <laughs> why it? is it a kaleidoscope? Also, why did it go? Because you at look the into end? it and you can turn it, and different things appear. Is it go- it's I, a skin kaleidoscope. Okay, I, I, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this. It's actually when King David cut off those hundred Philistines mm. foreskins, threw them into dried a kaleidoscope, them out, yeah. crumbled them up, yeah. and dropped them into like a kaleidoscope that. so Saul could look at them. So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. next song, Bible jokes. It's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's a good joke. Great even. I need to pivot away from H.A.'s penis jokes. Okay. <laughs> to Brian's penis jokes. This next song uh, is by DC Talk. The song is called, I'm sorry, but it's called this Colored People. Um, Colored People. And... Oh it god! Is, I didn't even think about the name until you. Anyway, uh huh. Yeah. Yep. There's there's three so guys in DC talk. Uh, you've got Michael Tate, who is the guy who sings. Toby Mac, who is the guy who raps, and then there's one of the worst exports of Grand Rapids, Michigan, Kevin Max, who is also the guy who sings. And uh, he's on lead vocal duties on this track. And mm-hmm. it is a, a song about how at the end of the day, the problem is that we are just not accepting enough of all of the skin tones that we have. And that's the reason racism exists. Because <laughs> we're all colored people. That's right, Brian. We all have a color. Right. Mm-hmm. It's wild to return to the 90s with this I don't see color Right. Stuff yeah. with well, a modern sensibility. It's wild. Well, and, you know, we didn't include this on the final list, but part of the reason I put two DC Talk songs is because it was so interesting to me because I sort of grew up more knowing colored people and that kind of like mm. idea <laughs> or like ideology, right? And then when I was as an adult, I was like, oh, remember the old DC Talk? Like, haha. Of course, Greg mm. does not, but one of those moments. Yeah. And, and listening to like, walls and being like well they're talking a lot more explicitly about race they're they're being a lot more straightforward yeah. and then yeah. flash forward to whatever they're doing with like <laughs> the culture is so it's just so indicative i don't know it's just so interesting and like, well and even with walls yeah, there's too. this thing in both of these songs where it's like at least they use the onus, some words like racism and walls yeah it's yeah. like the yeah. onus <laughs> for solving the racism problem is actually on everyone yes right. yeah, individual right. Yeah. every white white people really caught on to Martin Luther King Jr's vision of white children and black children sitting at a table right. together right yeah and they were just like well if black people aren't ready to invite me right. to their table then yeah why, then they're the ones doing the right how are, are we gonna solve the racism together in the cafeteria right, right. Like, what about yeah. the content of my character right 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 it's it's built i mean and, and christianity's right for this kind of thing because it's like it's built in individualistic yes. right specifically uh, we'll get, like, american racism, right? evangelical yep white yeah 
Right. Yeah. Because at this point, social gospel, which was huge in the early 20th century, is dead. Right. Right. It died with the Red Scare. Let's go ahead and talk about the actual video then. This is a big yikes, this video. And (laughs) I mean, it opens just straight up and it opens with a guy who is wearing what looked like concentration camp garb, including the fucking star. And it's like, what are you doing you can't just you can't just do this with Holocaust imagery. Well, it's you, like, why is that what you're starting with? Here you have a band with um, two white guys, one black guy, right? Yeah. And the song is called "Colored People." Right. Colored people. <laughs> and you're starting with the Holocaust, which was not about color. I mean, it was explaining. Like, yeah. No. Right. Color no. had nothing to do no. with it. It opens with that crime, and then it opens with a lyric crime, uh, where the lead singer walks forward and says. Pardon me, my epidermis is showing. Very bad. Very bad line. And it was at that point where I had to stop the video and take a lap around my apartment. Um, and this is fairly early on in the in the playlist experience. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through all 31 of these. I don't know, man. Um, and it was, yeah, because it is, because they do try and like make efforts to expand it beyond just black and white, right? There are um, a, a couple of Asian folks in there. There are... Uh, the, yeah, there, there's like disability. There's a guy with Down syndrome. Yeah, which also like a woman with canes. S- like speaking as somebody who has uh, a, a disability, don't you realize you too are a colored person? <laughs> Thank you. No, but like that's the colored th- people. But that's, that's the thing that's so <laughs> fucked about it, right? It's like yeah. my 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 lived experience of physical disability, which is real. You know, I have a disease that sometimes makes it difficult to get out of bed, and and thankfully, like. Now that there's some medication uh, that is available, mm-hmm. it's made a lot easier to get out of bed, but that doesn't mean that I don't still have some bad times physically. My struggle with that thing, both in terms of what it does for me physically and what it does for me in terms of how I interact with society is completely different from the lived experience of racism. And I would yeah. never, ever compare it because it's a different right. thing. No one has ever meant something as much yes. as these dumb <laughs> yeah. white boys. And and dumb black guys, and like, to be fair. Yeah. Michael Tate is, is also dumb. He's, yeah. he's a real, he's a real yes. dumb guy. He went to so. Liberty. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, yeah, AJ, these they guys all met at they Liberty met at, University. Yeah. I didn't know that was a place. Does it does it meet at the, in the base by, of the statue? It was founded by Jerry Falwell Sr., Right. Oh, if you remember all the yeah. stuff with Jerry Falwell Jr. and like the personal trainer he and his wife fuck, um, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that that's Liberty University. And the, the one who they bought a hotel for in Miami. Remember that? That was yes. so fucking funny. And he turned uh, into like the, a gay the, bathhouse. The, oh, it's the best. The, the image that I have in my head is at the very end of the music video where the lead singer is just grabbing his head and scream singing the line colored people yeah. just colored over people, and over and over people. again. And you can tell by the look on his face, he's like, this is going to age yes. so well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he believes. So in much the same way that newsboys, I mean, we didn't talk about more of their like attempts at social justice in the same way. Like I'm not yeah. ashamed is not, it's the same but it's, kind, kind of it, it's similar, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. we're going to change the world through this shit, right? Right. As long as we don't have to take culpability for any of it. Right. Like, you know, we can move forward, but it's not our fault. I'm not so, ashamed. Uh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. 
<laughs> Colored people. <laughs> um, I feel like we should move on from that song just so we don't have to keep saying that. I agree. <laughs> so, keep saying what, AJ? Keep saying what? We are a skin kaleidoscope. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, that, would, let's, that would be a good Hans Gruber in the Die Hard song. Oh God. Skin kaleidoscope. <laughs> so let's move on then. Um, so DC Talk, as we've mentioned, has three members. One of those three members is a guy named Toby Mac. That's his stage name. And he founded yep. a label called Goatee Records. Oh, yes. Now, Goatee yes. Records, oh, one of its okay. very first releases was an album called Kansas. Kansas was yep. by a singer named Jennifer Knapp. And uh, this is 1997. On this playlist, we included Undo Me. Lord, undo me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, Colored people. <laughs> I will say, I will say that Jennifer Knapp lived up to her name because that's what I wanted to do while listening to this song. I mean, and this is definitely, this is where you can get a really nice image of like these sort of parallel things mm, where like, yeah. this is your cranberries yes. if you're a Christian. Yes. Like Rebecca St. James at this time is your Alanis mm-hmm. or your Sinead mm-hmm. if you're a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we didn't we didn't bring in the the Rebecca St. James song, but I do have to say I saw her perform at the Lives of Blaze conference in uh, Glorietta, New Mexico. Well, Ooh. I saw her perform at the Allegan County Fair in Allegan, Michigan, along with Stephen <laughs> Curtis Chapman oh. and Destiny's Child in the year 2000. <laughs> Holy what? shit. What? Yeah. The, re- yeah. the real Destiny's Child, not yeah, the, the real, the, the not actual the version. No, the I real goddamn Destiny's Child. Very not strange. Destiny's bastard. <laughs> Destiny's child. So, um, this this song is interesting less because of what the song is. I mean, it, it it's yeah. It's first of all, it, it's interesting because it's a very it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's a decent it's a, song. It's a very yeah, horny yeah, song. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need to get undid. Sometimes you just need a skin kaleidoscope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> twist it, twist it hard enough. Yeah. The, uh, the the colored people. I just I'm just imagining like dried foreskins flapping in the wind I on trees it. now, Brian. Um. <laughs> so the the more interesting thing about this song is what happened next. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer Knapp, she was chugging along. She was putting out album after album. And in I have some Brio mags with her on the on the front. Nice. Rosie sent me a lot of literature also, by the way. (laughs) If anybody else wants (laughs) to couldn't quite dig into it yet. But like, yeah, we've got some. So she did two albums two years in a row, which meant that she was making the second album while on tour for the first and then going into another tour. So that was like 2000, 2001. So 2002 rolls around. She's completely burned out, says bye, and then moves to Australia with someone. (gasps) She fell in love and moved to Australia in 2004. And she came back in 2010 to uh, perform at Lilith Fair. And at that point in time, she came out as gay and said like, yeah, I've been with someone for like the last eight years. She left the Christian music market at that point. Like when she came back, she was not in the CCM scene. Uh, She put out another album later in 2014 and then kind of stepped away again and then came back in 2019 and said she was going to do Christian music again. She's still a Christian. She's just not in the CCM industry. She wants to advocate for gay people, gay Christians. And that's that's where we find her now. It, kind of a similar thing to Ray Bolts, but a, a, a more talented artist yes. in general. <laughs> I found this song to be more cohesive in theme and in musical stylings than most of the yeah. other ones on mm-hmm. the list. And sure. again, Josh, there is that layer of deniability you can have about it being a Christian song at all. You know, yeah. like there is it's like a song it about sex. It really yeah. is. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean this unironically. If you if you actually go through the lyrics, it says, yeah, Lord, undo me. But like. Like Lord, comma, undo, undo me. me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, as more a command. And it's it is the one thing I'll say about the music video itself is that it appears to have been shot in the same theater that we did Puffs off Broadway. <laughs> uh the Electra Theater. So I really hope that Jennifer Knapp also doesn't have asbestos in in her lungs the way that we all do. Oh no. People I lived with in college roommates, um later after I lived with them came out as well. And I think mm. but I think mm-hmm. we would have like conversations about her and we even like ended up finding like a really old, obscure one. Marcia Stevens, I think her name was. She was like an really early early 80s okay. Christian artist that did some terrible music, but very funny, um, but, but but big gay advocate, you know, and I, I just thought that, yeah, it was really interesting. And I think the drama behind it all because of yeah. the realm that they lived in um, was interesting. Yeah. But it's also cool, I guess, that like she still has this belief, but yeah. is breaking a barrier, right? Or some kind of like yeah. breaking that fundamentalism, I guess. And is, is just not in this like horrible, toxic right, industry. Because yeah. it's real bad, folks. And if you don't believe me, read the uh, interview with John James, former lead singer of the Newsboys. Uh, we can post yeah. this in the show notes as well, but yeah, very yeah. interesting, comprehensive, long article uh, oh. written over the course of multiple interviews with this guy where he basically just talks about how his entire life fell apart as a result of the pressures of the Christian music industry. Well, and that's I mean- the thing. Rich Mullins is probably the same, but again, we don't yeah, know yeah, all that information. Right. We and, just right. saw Larry him. Norman. We just yeah. saw him tap out and mm-hmm. do something different, which is interesting. I think that's the last thing that I wanted to land on with this section yeah. before we move on to the next one, which is like because CCM is ultimately a commercial venture, yes. and because all of these artists were under pressure of the major labels who had a great deal yeah. of financial, uh, mm. you know, they had their chips down on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were under pressure all the time. Well, and when, when you look at the history too, just of like the people who own these labels or the people who try to start like independent labels or even not even fully independent, they might still have ownership, but they're like, you know, they're trying to make their own imprint within the label, like right. with tooth and nail records sure, and things like, like that. Sure, yeah. This shit always there's always like backstabbing Mm. and changing of hands and mergers and buyouts and people getting pushed out. And it's, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty business. People who are ashamed. friends. Mm. Yeah. Well, (laughs) speaking about leaving imprints in the industry, Mm. skin kaleidoscope, let's, let's (laughs) talk, (laughs) let's talk about uh, our final section here. uh, Our grouping called CCM as a WTF uh, because <laughs> this these is live. <laughs> songs are wild. Yes. And we open with One Bad Pig, yes. which is what appears to be a death metal Christian group yeah, or screamo. Punk. I don't punk. know exactly how to categorize them. It was um, early hardcore punk. So Rosie, you said you had some story. I actually don't know anything about Isaiah yeah, 6 at all and couldn't even find much like looking around for, for information on them. I mean, all, all I was able to find was on Discogs. We got, uh, it was released on Pure Metal was the label in 1989 okay. on an album called Smash. But uh, yeah. uh, uh, the music video itself is a man having a mental breakdown Absolutely. on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us about it, please. So the first context, I suppose, is Brimstone Chronicles again, right? ZTV. So yeah. this, this as well as the next one, which we'll talk about Steve Taylor's and then the Ain't No Safe Way, are the three that I remember best from the Brimstone Chronicles sort of mm. like portion of ZTV. Sure. Um, mm. But I remember like this was when we had recorded on VHS because we thought it was so cool, which is sort of disturbing. But anyway, um, like I remember a friend from school was over once and who listened to secular music and we were trying to like witness to him or whatever be cool and we're like no no no, christian music can be cool and so we play we play this and then steve taylor's song and this guy is like freaked the 
fuck out. He's like, what? <laughs> what? He was like scared. He's like, what is this? And we were just Isaiah like, oh, six no. is that is some real punk shit. Like it is. genuinely. Yeah. Like it so really is. I think the passage is when Isaiah like says to God, like, here am I, send me. Mm. And so that's what he keeps repeating. But yeah, the live yeah. video is just He's just like laying. Like is he on drugs? I don't like, think is, so. I think he looks like he's genuinely having a bad time. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, I always felt sort of uncomfortable with it, but it was also like sort of accepted. Like, I'm like, yeah, mm. this is. I'm not supposed to. Like, this is supposed to be normal. I think. You I know? mean, which is it, probably why I can convulse on stage just for fun yeah, now. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, well, yeah. it's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. it really, it's definitely this kind of music is not for me. But even with right. that said, I was very impressed by like the, the energy antics. that he put into it, and the antics, sure. and like just like yeah. Yeah, this is a real show. Sure. Yeah, uh, in the same way that Michael W. Smith was putting on a real show, right. but in a different. It's genre. funny because like Paul Kupek came from like the Continental Singers. Oh, Lee was which, in that. <laughs> yeah, for for people oh, who don't know, the Continental Singers is actually quite a big incubator for Christian talent. Name. Paul McCusker, The Adventures in Odyssey, oh, writer, he was with Continental oh, Singers God. first. Oh, wow, um, it's a it's a children's choir, but they do a lot of dancing. We are young and, and we believe everything can be it, achieved. Yeah. Is it sort of like Christ. the Mickey Mouse Club of yeah. Uh, Christian? entertainment yeah yeah interesting yeah. but they yeah. like Actually, tour around like i remember they did uh th that that was where i first heard that song ride ride want to ride on the j train on the j train want to ride, ride on the j train, train. yeah yeah <laughs> which like no you don't i've been on the j train <laughs> and um i've been on the z train no you <laughs> haven't yeah no no i got off on a stop and i was on jupiter and then i got back in <laughs> and i was suddenly in the magical land of falala we've uh, all been on the z train the ztv train that's right that's oh, right oh, yeah. you're welcome i'm like, saying this like it's it's hard to imagine anything more different than the Continental Singers yes. and One Bad Pig. Right. <laughs> oh boy. So so this video again like lived in my brain and yeah. I thought it was like a cool way to show people who thought Christian music wasn't cool that it was cool even though it made me sort of uncomfortable. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, this is my like like struggle with like understanding Real social norms. <laughs> it's great. Um, <laughs> Being so, unable to understand social norms? I have no idea what that's like. Couldn't, I mean, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's, it's just because my cultural context was like CCM and then like Native America. You're like, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's like, a, like it relates in very specific moments and then nowhere else, you know. But um, so like that was my context of it. That's all I knew of it was just this video. And I, when when I married my husband, he was into, you know, punk and stuff. And mm. I was showing him some of these funny things at my parents house. Like, let me show you this VHS, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he was like, oh, this is one bad pig. Like, this is a hardcore punk band. Like, I know this band, not because oh, wow. they're Christian, but because they actually they're from Austin, actually, weirdly enough. Oh. Which I have a story. Oh, wow. I have another story. So like, <laughs> yeah. So this was just like, oh, they were like an actual hardcore punk band. Oh, cool. oh, okay, cool. Like they were part of like the hardcore punk scene, like in the I I assume probably eighties because that's when it you know was most active, I suppose. Um, mm. So that was just like something he said, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Fast forward, w me and Kurt are at like the Doctor Annual Doctor King March here in Austin, and we see this guy with a one bad pig hat, and we're like, that's huh. okay. Like we have to go up to this guy, like. That's such an obscure band. And so Kirk goes up to him and he's like, oh yeah, I'm in that band. And he gives us a cassette. <gasps> oh, yes. man. hell yeah. It's just like even, <laughs> even having cassettes is such a flex because like tapes right. are such yeah. a big deal again yeah. now. Yes, actually. It's very yeah. punk. So 
I'm not going to say anything, but check out Hans Gruber and the Die Hards a week after this hmm. comes out and you'll see some exciting things. Anyway. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So he gives us this cassette and it's just like, what? And then Kurt was like, oh, that's crazy. Because, you know, we had sort of known that they lived in Austin, but we just, I don't know, we just didn't expect that to be the right. flex from a hat. And then he was like, yeah, right. we, we played a show last week or whatever, you know. So they had played and we were like, how come we haven't seen these guys? Like we're playing in the punk scene here. But I guess they're Wait, so are they still so active? Like even I now? I don't know after COVID. I'd have to check. Mm. But this was like yeah. pre-COVID when that happened, so it's possible. Well, it's it's fascinating too because you know we talk about how a lot of these uh, genres of music can't really shake the Christianity off of it, right. and this was like one of the ones where I was just like, yeah, it just felt like a regular like you know yeah. punk like bash it crazy, yeah, yeah. My favorite part. I could go to Boston and see this shit any day. Like it's just right. it's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. My favorite part was that he was just at one point like actively sobbing on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And one yeah. person and one person in the audience was like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of other really bizarre but like extremely cool things. Yes. Oh my god. I'm glad we're ending this with this one. Then we move on. Yes. Yeah, we wanted to end with this one. one. And I believe your playlist ended with this one as oh, well. Probably because it's like the with pinnacle Steve of music Taylor's videos for me. Cash Cow. God, this was a cool fucking video. Yes. Um, cool. This is with Had any of you seen it before? Squint no. Records. No. I had no. Yes, mm, I'm so glad to introduce you cuz like And Squint Squint was an album uh that was released, you know, Steve Taylor uh released this album in 1993 on Warner Alliance. So this was a major label uh, okay. release yeah. as well. Well, you guys mentioned MTV earlier. I didn't know this. Apparently, one of Steve Taylor's songs, Meltdown at Madame Clouseau's, which is a fun music video as well, uh, aired, oh, on, aired on MTV in the hmm. 80s. It was one of the first okay. things like with Video Killed the Radio Star, one of the first videos, I think. Oh, wow. You yeah, can this check shit. me. But that's what I... But Cash Cow is like the pinnacle. Like, I yes. don't know if I will ever create something as fucking cool as that song oh, and that music so video. Cool. But that's the goal. Like, that is yeah. always yeah, like the, the bizarrity. So, like, oh, I know. Wow. I know. Well, let's 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 yeah, let's, let's talk through in. sort of excited. what makes it so like interesting shaking. and so distinctive, right? It's um, a rock opera in three acts. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. How did you feel about that? Because I know you love rock operas. Like I, 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 we walked into it, and I was like, "This might be my favorite one," and then it just kept proving that it <laughs> yeah. was my favorite yeah. one yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, Josh, you had talked about word entertainment earlier, and Steve Taylor was actually banished from word from word entertainment. Yes. Really, he was, yes. he was thrown to the street because he was he would often tackle things that were uh, against fellow Christians Absolutely. like in, in the 80s he specifically continually picked on Jimmy Swaggart and uh. Uh, well he won in that fight of history yeah. um, I mean he sees he sees such a genuine rot at the center yes. of all yeah. of this yes. Um, Steve Taylor also was with Continental Singers. He wrote music for them what? back in the 80s. And Squint, after this album, he founded his own label, Squint, which it was a whole mess. And mm. he got he got pushed out of his own mm. his own label. Um, he's also a director. He directed the Newsboys did a movie in the 90s that I have like a not movie seen. movie. Like a movie, like the band like inherits gotta, a circus or something. Oh apparently, I've never heard of this fucking <laughs> thing in my life. Uh, apparently, not very good. His movies are are apparently kind of. Mm. Yeah, but this video, on the other uh, hand, Josh's like, eyes just went stuff, anime big at the mention of a these Newsboys songs movie. And, and these, and especially this music video. Yeah. You know, when it started, I was watching it with you, Josh, yeah. and it was just like. This is kind of creepy. Yes. Must be unintentional. And then I was like, no, no, this thing's really trying to fucking get to you. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, really what this song is all about, but at first, one of the first guys that he talks about is Robert yes. Tilton. And that's another example of a guy who's televangelist. Yeah. He's like, this guy's full of shit. Just straight up calls him out right there. Yep. And then he basically tells the story of the cash cow. It's this horrifying, monstrous cow that keeps growing larger and larger the more often people feed it. Like the great cows of ancient Egypt and a face like the face of Robert Tilton. <laughs> Without the horns. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, it's I love really his little, good. I love his little bits like that. Like even this is a little bit of a cheesy church joke, but it's good. And he does it well. It's like the children yeah. of Israel and also the adults, you know, like it's like the little, like it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. There, there is a sense of humor to this too. Yeah. And right. uh, when the cash cow, because we have a narrator, uh, claymation guy who's, who's talking yeah. uh, to us directly. It's a stop motion sort of claymation oh, and it's so uh, style to the whole thing. We get a whole history recounting of the cash cow. And then the cash cow itself starts terrorizing the city. Right. Yeah. And when it's when it moved into the frame for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, are we finally doing pathologic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 really impressive the way that it continues to just sort of build on this feeling of horror, which is not something mm -hmm. like horror is not something that Christian creatives generally do very well. We've talked about Frank right. Peretti on this Frank show Peretti, a little yeah. bit. Harmon. Um, Carmen, Carmen, Ted Decker, Ray like Ray Boltz. Like this is not, but Ray Boltz. Oh boy, does this ever capture just the dread of seeing something horrible that is just growing even more grotesque and out of control. Right. Yeah. And I think it's actually well placed, right? Because it's mm -hmm. about yeah. an agreed and like a love of money. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah, which the, 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 the last, all the stu uh, televangelist the, stuff. The, the last right. lines of the song are. Um, perhaps you've already been licked. I too was hypnotized <laughs> by those big cow eyes. The last time I uttered those three little words, I deserve better. That's so good. Oh God, uttered, yeah. he uttered. Also, like, oh, so he good. sneaks a pun in uttered, there. Yeah, he sneaks a cow me. pun in there. <laughs> but also, I mean, the, get out of here. I, I love that too because like, it is a rejection of everything that the industry is about, but yep. it's also mm, something yeah. that speaks to what Christianity is, I guess, supposed to be about on some level. Right. Like this yeah. idea that there's something bigger than us as atomized individuals out there, that there ought to be something guiding our choices in life beyond right. rational self-interest. We have to be our brother's keepers. Yeah. Right. I mean, and even if you aren't a Christian or don't, you know, don't subscribe to that kind of belief, like you could totally see the greed and like that kind mm -hmm. of thing happening in society and how it can like poison in, and fuck shit up. I agree. This is, this yeah. is, this yeah. is the, this is the early nineties at this point. You know, yeah. we've just gotten through eight years of Reagan and four years of Bush. Yes, like right. absolutely. Yeah. The rules have changed. Uh, so it, it takes place over the course of three acts. Act one, we get an image of like a, a like an unearthly chorus. Like it's like a Greek chorus idea. Act two is what we've been talking about most, which is about, yeah. you know, the narrator telling us about the cash cow. Cash cow comes in, wrecks shit. Act three is entirely instrumental. Mm. And it's just flying through saying, look at all the sets we built. Mm -hmm. And also uh, just the absolute carnage that the cash cow has like, you know, reaped upon the world and it's it's super effective yeah. like um josh you know you had talked about in an earlier episode of this podcast how one of the main missions of it is to stare at the bad stuff in the world because your upbringing was like don't look at this don't mm. look at this don't mm. look at the bad stuff mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how refreshing it was after spending 30 uh, music videos <laughs> not looking at the bad stuff so sorry, to finally just sorry. have one that was just so yeah focused laser focused in right. on all the stuff that people want to sleep under the rug and mm -hmm. right. it was incredible 
It's an incredible end to this playlist. What can we take away from this? What can we take away Mm -hmm. from, because obviously after this, it ended up all kind of falling apart pretty quickly. You know, like it was in the mid 2000s was sort of when the slide began. And then in the 2010s, Hillsong ate everything. And so it became K-Love worship. So like, what can we? K-Light got taken over by K-Love. <laughs> right. No more clit. No more clit. Love only. So what can we take away from this? Either about uh, creativity, how we create stuff, about this country and what the fuck yeah. it prioritizes. What, what can we take away from this? My big question that relates to yours, Josh, in a lot of ways is now that it's been sort of consolidated into mm. one thing, do you think that that is the final form that CCM was searching for all this time. Ooh. Do you think it's found its ultimate life form or did we miss something sort of along the way that it could have been that it it, it passed by in, in favor of the worship stuff? Or is it that within what they were trying to do, which is have Christian versions of all these different genres, there were people like Steve Taylor and people who we haven't talked about, like Five Iron Frenzy, mm-hmm. who yeah. were yeah. willing to mm-hmm. speak against what was the the big conglomerate and the the bad parts of that culture. And so therefore they got fizzled out of it because they were speaking. Again. I don't know. Maybe that's my like, maybe that's again, maybe I mean, that's my It didn't my help punk. that Five Iron Frenzy put out an album called Cheeses of Nazareth. But, uh, <laughs> that's funny. You know, have, they put out an album, that. did you know they put out an album in 2020 that was actually pretty good? I didn't They know did, that. and it's actually pretty damning, like mm. in a good way. Nice. And I think it's good because cool. it's coming from people that, I mean, they, they technically I think aren't totally a Christian band. A couple of them are yeah. Christian still, but not all of them. Okay. But like, they still have good things to say, which is interesting. I, I think it's interesting when you look at like how much of this the whole time, whether it's CCM or Jesus music or gospel, it's saying, well, we're not the mainstream. Yeah. We're not what's happening in the world sure. today, in the America of today. And yet it's exactly the same yeah. thing. The Jesus movement, the Jesus people have the same trajectory as the hippies. All of this just turns into the same thing that happened to everyone who was a around for the baby boom. Right. right. This all became, right. and and by the 90s, it all gets globalized. It all gets sucked up into these huge conglomerates. And now, basically, it's all rent to own kind of stuff. Right. And it's not about the music. It's not about the art. At some point, it was, um, but it probably wasn't for a long time. Some people could just skate by with actual art uh, in the meantime. And now it's just... Like the devil, like if you look at like the big acts in Christian music, they'll just be like, oh, yeah, they have like 60 Dove Awards because all that shit goes to the same people because everything has become K-Love. It's yep. all the same 20 things over and over again. They just spray the paint stuff so that many you, doves. Well, I think- it's the stuff that, that you paid Hillsong to do at your church. Right. So, Rosie, it's South by Southwest has just finished, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, that's how I got you to see Dolly. over there a little bit. Yeah, Los Grados yeah. Got, got on a South by Southwest official, which was our first time. Nice. We were supposed nice. to in 2020. Incredible. But, you know. Right, right. I remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, but you get like an artist wristband and that gets you in anywhere. And I was like, Dolly Parton's here. We have to go. So. <laughs> so Hans Gruber and the Diehards might have something happening yes. in a week. Yeah. <laughs> may or in may a, not. A to little be after not. Cannot Who confirm. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> but if I want to find information about them, where would I go? Instagram's a great place. Twitter. Right. We're on Facebook as well. But okay. we're, we're. Uh, yeah, Instagram's probably the most active place, but we're old now and we just let Instagram auto whatever to Facebook. So <laughs> but Instagram, yeah. Facebook and, and Twitter are the main places. 
Yeah, we'll include your socials in our in our description then, and I hope that everything goes well next week. To look at Michael W. Smith is like the perfect example of how yeah. the whole empire yeah. went, right? Yeah. So I showed you guys this video that you hadn't seen, and it was amazing. And he's a good songwriter, yeah. and there's energy, and it's interesting, even if it is like kind of weird subculture. But then what that became, or what he became, and yeah, like what, how- what he became is my sister actually went to a Michael W. Smith show uh, a few years back. And I couldn't. I'd be so disappointed because I'd be expecting Cross of Gold. I mean, <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> yeah, that's right. the thing, right? Apparently he started out the concert with some of his popular stuff, okay. really, and then toward the end he got to the fucking schlock and the wheel fell off. But to answer your question. AJ uh, from my perspective about like is this what Christian contemporary music was searching for all along I don't think so I think that Hmm. in any subculture whether we're talking about a religious subculture or you know whatever else I think that artists ultimately are going to want to create stuff that is beautiful or ugly but ultimately that expresses what they want their creative vision to be I think that music interacts with faith in a really profound way, or at least it can. And I think that ultimately what we've seen is capital has sort of, there was a a period in time where they found a niche. They were like, this is a niche market that we can market to. The rise of streaming made the wheel fall off. And so they decided to pivot. And as a result of that, all of the things that had been going on that could have been interesting, all of the air got sucked out of the room and instead mm. went over to the easy money, the thing that yeah. you could easily make a return on investment for. Yeah. And this is something that we see in a lot of places, not just Christian mm. music, but I think it's most profound yeah. in this situation because when we see things like some of the stuff that we've watched over the course of this playlist and, and talking about it here together, it's a, it's a real shame. And I hope for a place and a world where we can find maybe I don't I don't care too much about Christian music specifically, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. but I really dream of a world where we can create and discover stuff that's a whole lot better than this. Right. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Rosie's if I get to say that. Hey. Yay! Right. Go feed the cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. All right, folks, that's it for this one. If you want to check out the bands, we got links for them in our descriptions. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even TikTok. As always, we are not brought to you by whatever abomination AJ Diddy decides to write for us this week. We are, in fact, listener-supported, which means we are brought to you by the patrons at Patreon, including our newcomers Jesse Gamble, Chris Smith, Jesse Canizaro, Corax, The Squeaky Bunny, Daniel Shepler, Timothy Merle, Elah, Catbus, Three Memes in a Trenchcoat, Lisa Brown, Ken Vance, Scaredy Crow, and Nero Wyvern. And of course, as always, a very special thank you to our $10 patrons. And now I put on the deep voice. Alexa Valentine, John John Johnson, Silverbear909, Dara Swisher, Tony Diddy, Hannah White, Timmy Sexton, Ashley Stoneman, and Nikola Donoff. <laughs>